Hello everyone, this is Dan with the Spiritual Underground Podcast coming to you from my little wood shop slash studio in my backyard here in New Albany, Indiana. Uh, been a dreary couple days. Uh, some sun's been shining here and there and the daffodils are poking up and uh, giving me a little bit of spring fever. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think I'm going to take an opportunity to uh, get out in the woods this weekend and 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 reconnect there. It's been a little bit too long since the last time I've uh, tromped around in the woods. I really love the winter woods, especially the late winter, like now, like right before things, you know, things are starting to bud up just a little bit, but the leaves are off the trees and you can see the sign and the, and the uh, leftover deer activity from last fall, which is now is a great time to go looking for that in preparation for next year. Um, and frankly, after a little bit, this might be the first year ever where I feel like maybe I am um, suffering a little bit from that uh, seasonal affective disorder. Uh, maybe partly because I've been working out in it. Uh, woodworking and handyman business has been going good, and the woodworking business keeps me in the shop, of which I'm uh, the, the balance point between my woodworking and handyman is tilting a little more towards the woodworking here of late. And uh, I like to get up in the morning and make my coffee and stroll out here to the wood shop and warm it up and, and spend my day working here. Uh, frankly, that is a dream come true. Out there in the handyman end of things, uh, working outside in this funny weather that could be uh, 60 in the daytime and 23 in the morning uh, makes it a challenge to dress appropriately dress for the cold and end up uh shedding clothes as the day goes by or as i move maybe inside and have some work to do inside also in someone's house uh had quite a few uh well, i'm just keeping busy keeping busy as i want to be turning away work being able to uh uh pick and choose what i want to do and and i keep on being blessed with just awesome customers too uh i had i had some goofy i guess is that stinking thinking and that negative bias but I had some feelings that I was uh, going to have to be dealing with people who had their stuff broken and that would put them in not, not so great mood and uh, it might be reflected in their personalities, but uh, that has not been the case. Uh, I keep on getting blessed with people who are just uh, fantastic. Matter of fact, I walked into one lady's house not long ago and was uh, making notes and looked over and saw a 12 Steps and 12 Traditions book sitting on the table. Uh I wonder if I should say something, you know, it, it um, can be touchy for some folks. They may not want to, you know, that known. They may not meant for that book to be sitting out and noticed. And I did, uh, I do this thing where I cast my eyes skyward and, and ask the question. And I was told to talk. So I said, uh, hey, I, I don't mean to be nosy and, and poking around, but I noticed there's a 12 and 12 sitting over here. And the lady looked at me with some quizzical eyes and she said, What's a 12 and 12? Well, I said, the 12 steps and 12 traditions? And she goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I've been sober for 32 years. Matter of fact, my big book is in the car. Uh, we hit it off from that moment. And uh, as I jokingly say, I was pretty sure I was going to get that job. And I did. So there's another nice customer and uh, had something to talk about, some things in common and some people in common. So that uh, turned out to be a great little job. She had uh, had to have a well, had to have her door broke in 
she had had a visit to the hospital and the people who come behind her and locked up the house locked the door that she doesn't have keys to. And she was unable to get into her house. So uh, a friendly neighbor used a flat bar and broke it in and, and broke the jam. And, and, and my job that, that particular, she had some other knickknack things to do, some ceiling fans and some light bulbs to change and other things. But uh, she needed that door jam repaired. And, uh, and I did that. So I think I have a repeat customer. A matter of fact, I need to get back over there because I've left a sweatshirt hanging on the hook behind the door, right on the back of the door that I was working on. So that way I would know for sure as I left to remember to get it, put it in a place I couldn't miss it. And I missed it anyway. Uh, probably a reason for that. I'm probably supposed to go back to her house for some reason and uh, probably will be doing that here in the next few days. Just speak feel freely about a couple things. Uh, I've had a little, um, some points of contention in our home group, and uh, it's causing some weird energy. And I uh, don't know where that's going to go all in all, but uh, it definitely has had effect on it. We celebrated birthdays last night. Well, guy had one year of sobriety all the way up to uh, a gentleman celebrated 17 years last night and had his, mo- his mom and his dad, who are divorced, uh, both there with him. and um, his wife, who happens to be a uh, listener to this, she came out and talked to me and said she felt like she, uh, felt like she knew me better. She said she's been having conversations with me all week as they work on a rental home, or last couple of weeks as they work on a rental home, and uh, she's tuning into the podcast. So I appreciate her doing that. And uh, it is true, you should begin to feel like you know somebody when you uh, sit around and listen to them. You, you know, listen to podcasts. Uh, there's few of my favorite ones uh if i were run into them i would feel like i knew them and obviously they wouldn't know me from adam but as when we get all humans together it doesn't make any difference in what atmosphere whether if it's a neighborhood the workplace the uh uh the ball team whatever it happens to be we have a Human issues we must deal with, and one of the great tools uh, I have today that I never had before was the ability to uh, talk to people about it. And I'm probably falling short in a couple areas on that here, but uh, frankly, it's a, to a certain level, uh, some of these things are not necessarily mine to be wrestling with at the moment. Uh, I am not directly involved, so I try not to be the caretaker or the peacekeeper in that regard either. And, and if when I if and when I do need to be in that, you know, take a bigger role, I will do so. But it did cause some goofy energy and, and the meetings just uh, have just a little bit of an undertone under them that uh, never was there. And frankly, that saddens me. Uh, we've had something very, very special in that group for some time now. And at least the time I have been involved there for the past five years. And, uh, and, and some of that, uh, some of that shine is dulled at the moment and hopefully we'll be able to polish it up. I know it will work out, may not work out the way I want it to work out, but it will all work out. And, uh, I have confidence in that and most things in my life today. So here a few minutes, uh, my guest is showing up. It's a Wednesday morning. Uh, I won't introduce this person yet till they get here uh kind of take the wind out of the sails on that 
um, rather keep that for the actual podcast of just taking a few minutes to talk and, and, and share a little bit about what's going on. So we will be back in just a few minutes with our guest and uh, fire this thing up. Peace out. Welcome to the Spiritual Underground Podcast. This is Dan coming to you from my little wood shop in my backyard in New Albany, Indiana, better known as DTM Enterprises. Speaking of that, uh, if you have any uh, woodworking needs, any uh, handyman business in the Louisville metropolitan area that I may be of service, uh, you can contact me at dan at dtmww.net. There is also a website out there of uh, DTM www.net um 12 step spiritual recovery is a book by james christopher cone christopher is my sponsor and uh he has written a uh, fantastic book on the 12 steps it has uh, been um geared towards those who do not have the traditional isms and cannot find their fit in a traditional uh 12 step fellowship uh it is these tools in a way that anybody can use them uh, we have meetings in the Louisville metropolitan area here. We have uh, one in Hodgensville and, uh, and three other ones in Louisville proper. Uh, you can find those meeting locations on uh, 12stepspiritualrecovery.com. I know that is a long uh, URL to type, but you can, uh, you can find that easy enough, 12stepspiritualrecovery.com. The music around this podcast is brought to you by Darren Frank. He is a good friend of mine, and he is a fantastic musician. I saw him last night at the meeting. We had a birthday night celebrated on the last Tuesday of the month, and uh, we were celebrating uh, guys one year and a number of others and a guy's 17 years. So we had like uh, five or six guys ranging from one year to 17 with uh, families and friends and, uh, and, and sons and daughters getting up and sharing about what their father, uh, about their father's recovery and what it means to them, which uh, that's the uh, one of the things about my particular brand of recovery of out of this alcoholism. We like to tell each other that we're only hurting our, we're not hurting anybody by ourselves, but that is a lie. Uh, we have a, a direct, negative impact on most people and especially the the thing is is that we have the biggest impact on the those we love the most and who love us the most and to watch and stand up uh it 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 brings tears to my eyes to watch a son stand up and talk about his father and who he used to be and who he is today and uh it's just it's just it's just miracles happening in people's lives where they get to completely change their way of being um, so I think that's all on that, uh, commercial stuff. Uh, well, well, let's just throw in the, uh, Mimi is my guest today and, uh, I've had Kat in, uh, she is the owner of, uh, 502 Power Yoga. Uh, very early on, I, I met, you know, stumbled into one of Mimi's classes, uh, you know, it was just grabbing and going and, and had a direct impact. I loved her teaching style out of the gates uh then you know some years went by and 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 we became friends and then uh a day come by where i decided that uh, i was going to try that yoga teacher training journey and uh mimi is the director of that so uh got to know her even a, a few levels more through that process 
and uh, had a huge impact on me in that regard and, and the way you carry yourself and the way you, you carried that message to uh, the students in that uh, really moved me. And I mean that with all my heart. I, I was, uh, it's just uh, nothing really touches me and gets my attention more today than when I watch somebody who loves what they're doing and they do it so well. You know, and that's like, uh, I think that would be everybody's goal to some extent is to have something in their life that they love doing and, uh, and, and then to be good at it too. And then not only that, uh, be able to pay some bills using those two things. So, uh, welcome to the show, Mimi. Thank you so much. Why don't you go ahead and throw in the, uh, couple of what your ventures are real quick so yeah. that they don't get lost in the, in the conversation and we get them on the front end too. So sure. So I own a, um, coffee shop and paddleboard business that's located in Louisville, Kentucky on river road and Frankfurt Avenue. We're open seven days a week. Um, we'd love to have, um, anybody stop by, grab a cup of coffee, a smoothie, a juice in the summertime. Um, we consider that May through September ish. We do paddleboarding on the river at Taylorsville Lake, um, guided trips, beginner lessons, private outings, all of that sorts of stuff. Um, so if you're interested in getting involved in that, um, you can check us out at www.endlesssummerpaddle.com. Endless Summer Paddle. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also the program director of the Kentucky Yoga Initiative, which I think to. would be yeah. um, nice to plug in here. Yep. Kentucky Yoga Initiative uh, was started in about 2015-2016. The goal of that organization um, is to make yoga as accessible as possible for all in our community. Um, and so we have a number of community classes that happen um, across the state, really. Um, and you can see that at KentuckyYogaInitiative.org. Check yeah. out what we got going on there. Yeah, I hit that uh, quite often, too, because uh, in my community, a lot of people are looking for um, with the, whatever the word might be, economical yoga. And, right. uh, some of that is, uh, um, donation based stuff. Uh -huh. And, um, and, and I've part partaken in that also. That's, uh, just a great, great mm -hmm. way to, uh, spread the word and carry that yoga message to people who uh, yeah. may not otherwise be able to get to it. Yeah. Right. And, and I, in my own practice, I appreciate what I would consider community yoga and, and community, um, necessitates a more diverse grouping of people, in my opinion, yeah. than sometimes we get in a studio. Yeah, right. And so, um, yeah, it's for anybody. It's for, and you're right, they're donation-based, they're free. If you've got a dollar, if you don't, no problem. It's just an opportunity to, to practice with people. Yeah, yep, yep. And it is, uh, you know, like going to the Tim Faulkner Gallery, especially the old one. I've been to the newer one. Uh, if Bruno don't settle down in just a minute, I'm going to have to go, uh, uh, my dad knows better than that. My 82 year old father lives with me now. We've come full circle and he mm -hmm. is the best roommate I can imagine having. Uh, <laughs> he that. is such a, he's a, he, well, just to be able to spend the time with my father like that is, uh, is, uh, he's out there trying to call him, uh, <laughs> is, uh, some way I get to pay back. Because he, no matter what kind of trouble I got into and no matter what was going on in my life, he has always been standing there with me, uh, supporting me. Awesome. And, uh, and today, in a, in a healthy state, uh, I can actually turn around and do the, do the other side and, and help support him. And uh, one of the fun things I tell people is when he decided to move in, you know, we, we talked about it for over like a year and, you know, and I talked to my sponsor about it, you know, I wasn't sure if that was going to be a good idea. Um, 
And when we finally ended up doing it, Dad had a couple conditions upon moving in. And one of his conditions was that he would be allowed to do the yard work. Oh. Yeah. So he cuts the grass and mulches Great. the leaves. And, uh, <laughs> and, and he does that with a push mower. Mm-hmm. And at 82 years old, uh, I kind of look at myself and go, you know, um, there's a real good chance I'm going to be going up into those, you know, up into your, his Mother passed, actually lived here for a while, passed away at uh, 102. And all his aunts and uncles were up into that neighborhood, too. Yeah. So uh, I would like to be feeling as good as he does. And that's one of the, the background things on, you know, back in the shadows on doing yoga is uh, something that I can do. Yeah. Uh, and and, and it, as long as I want to, to some extent, and, mm-hmm. and really does... Uh, it does something for me that's beyond exercise. Yeah. It does. Um, so we got Bruno out of the way. He's still up there in the window looking. But uh had a guest here the other day, uh, Bart. And he's I'm Bart's a friend of mine in, in the program. And he came in and did the podcast also. Mm-hmm. And I had him on my short list of somebody that I would like to invite. Um, in my podcasting networking circles people are always looking for guests i need a guest i need a guest i need a guest and i like i have been blessed with this like infinite number of guests in the different communities that i uh, partake in that guests are not one of my Mm -hmm. problems but there was a giant red tail hawk in the yard that day Mm -hmm. and i kept on seeing it fly behind him and it would fly and it would sit in these trees over here and uh and and i love those big birds of prey they just mm-hmm. fascinate me and uh and i and i after a minute i thought he's like wondering like am i out daydreaming not listening to him because i'm looking out the window and i was uh watching that hawk uh so did you grow up around here did you yeah i grew up in louisville did you in the highlands born and bred born and bred um however i moved to chicago at 17 um actually i guess i was 18 for college okay um and spent about 10 years there so a a huge part of growing up also happened um on my own in chicago and that was really important foundational to um who i am as a person having that larger city experience Uh that multicultural experience something that i did not have access to uh, growing up here in Louisville, um, and then spent a couple of years down in Florida and got to really um, exercise my wild nature. Uh-huh. I, I was in the I was uh, in the field more often than when I was not. So I was sleeping um, outdoors oh, on really? canoes, oh, um, yeah. uh, guiding um, in some of the most beautiful areas of our country. Um, the Everglades is stolen a piece of my heart, um, yeah. and you know, decided to move back to Louisville when my sister was starting a family. I wanted to to be here for that. Right. Um, and there's a piece of me that wishes I could have done that work for forever. Um, and that work, the guiding work, and I was working with Outward Bound, which is an organization that I will forever um, admire and really see a lot of their values as foundational to who I am as a person. Um but was able to incorporate what I learned there in experiential education and tie it into a yoga-based curriculum, yeah. uh, which is what I feel like the um, teacher training program is in, in, in a broader sense, every yoga class mm-hmm. is yeah. the opportunity to experience something on your mat. We create a, an environment to learn 
and for you to take it off your mat. And if you happen to have been able to touch your toes or you've built some muscle along the way, for me, that's secondary. Yep. But great. Yep. yep. I'm, I'm for it. Yeah. 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 I really do love, uh, you know, I have, uh, I, I visited some other studios here and there in Louisville and, and a friend will say, let's go. And I'm always game if I can do that. And mm-hmm. I also love to experience something new, you know, and it might be another style of yoga that I'm not accustomed to, uh, or, you know, I'm unfamiliar with, uh, I fell in love with what we do at 502 for whatever reason. It just strikes me. It hits me the way that, it, that, that I need to be hit. I like the physicality of it. And, and, but also specifically, I like the way that, uh, I would want to say, I want to use broad generalizations to some extent, but what I hear out of teachers are these, uh, speaking to how we do this stuff on and off the mat and how these things relate to what not just the fact that we're in here for the hour or hour and a half or whatever but you know these same kind of uh uh, what i'm practicing here on my mat is also something i can go out in the world and practice Mm -hmm. uh and and i really like that you know and and that's another thing like as my recovery brothers uh begin to be uh have uh, you know i've been i've been uh beating the yoga drum for three years now and uh and i guess i hit the right note here lately mm-hmm. Great. <laughs> and uh and a lot of them and that's also you know goes directly hand in hand with our recovery lifestyle of the same thing of these you know and some stuff is uh you know heck just you know uh standing in line in the grocery store right you know i mean just being okay standing here and maybe a pose that is not necessarily the Mm -hmm. most comfortable thing i've been doing all day also helps me when i realize that you know i'm standing someplace else that i'd just as well Mm -hmm. rather really not be but i can be i can do it without being frustrated you know and i just and that is very simple little core thing but how many people uh complain about the traffic you know that's the thing they're dealing with today you know and then mm-hmm. and then the, the you know those certainly are first world problems big time right but uh but i have the ability to allow that to set my tone for either maybe the rest of the day or the rest of the week or at least for the next couple of hours or some experience in a grocery store line or in a traffic situation and it is insane that i allow my my life to be powered by mm-hmm. something i am powerless against right uh and but i do just love the way that the teachers bring that real mm-hmm. world stuff into the studio and, yeah uh did you go did you i assume you graduated college in chicago you went yep. what did you do i um studied history and english i thought i wanted to teach um i also graduated you did want to teach I did want to teach. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I wanted to teach in a more formal setting. Yeah. Um, I also graduated uh, 2007, 2008, right around the recession. And so what was happening in Chicago was all my friends had graduated before me and were working these really fun jobs with different companies, administrative assistants, working with really not fun nonprofits. The world seemed to be my oyster. I graduated and there were no jobs mm. um, because of, I, I believe because of the recession, it, you know, what I had studied didn't make me um, easily marketable to any one position. I needed further schooling if I was going to teach in a school. Mm. Um, and so it it led me a bit on a path of uncertainty. Um, I attended bar, which I love to do. Um, and I worked for an after school program for the next couple of years in Chicago and just really um, had my Chicago experience. I, I barely left the city. Um, I loved it. I was 
I was all for it. Um, and an opportunity presented itself to move to Florida and work in a wilderness therapy capacity, which yeah. is what Outward Bound was doing down there. Yeah, I'd like to hear some more about that. Yeah. Because um, I've heard a little of it. And it just, I just love that yeah, personally. <laughs> it's amazing. And the sad thing is, is that there's not a lot of funding for this type of work mm. um, for the population that I was working with. So in um, Florida and Alabama is where I was based out of. We had um, at-risk youth programming. And I'm not a, a huge fan of the word at-risk. All youth are at-risk. These youth were identified um by counselors, social workers, teachers, that perhaps an intervention um, would be helpful in the um, their path to help them steer in a different direction, yeah. if you will. What we did is we took a group of youth, usually no more than 10, right around 10, um, on a expedition, somewhere between three and four weeks, pack up our canoes. Um, every once in a while, we'll have a resupply. So that's basically our only contact with the world at large is when yeah. we get resupplied. Um, and we create a system or an environment in which these stu- students are able to practice leadership skills, decision-making, anger management skills, goal-setting. So we, we kind of uh, shrink the universe almost yeah. so that we can really see That's... what are the consequences of our actions. So in the realm of anger management, all right, your jacket is wet and you got really upset and you threw all your stuff into the water. <laughs> now all your stuff is wet. And because of this what we've created, this environment, you're going to have to live with wet clothing until it can dry. Yeah, we didn't bring a clothes dryer. Right. This is a natural consequence of your actions. Sometimes um, in the real world, these students were divorced from those consequences because parents and social workers and teachers were doing a decent amount of enabling yeah. and uh, removing those consequences from them. Yeah. So essentially, we're trying to create a system of choices and consequences that um, we could then replicate in the real world. So working with teachers and parents to establish choices and consequences at home so that they are rewarding the behavior that they want to see and not rewarding negative behaviors, essentially. Um, It also gave a lot of these students the space to kind of experiment with um, their identity and who they were and to step up in some leadership positions and see how that works out for them. You know, we didn't know these kids. They didn't know each other. All of a sudden, they don't have this background of or you know, this label of bad kid or angry kid or kid that is adopted, you know, whatever labels, we didn't know those. And so they were able to come together in this group and really experiment and explore who they are and what patterns they have. Like, I've got these patterns that um, have become useful for me at home. I'm going to go out here in the wilderness on this course and try out some different patterns. Like, what if I take charge? What if I lead? What if I become a positive influence leader? Like, I know I can influence people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that work was a lot of fun. I loved that population. I loved being outdoors. Um, and then, you know, I was out there for about two years, came back to Louisville. Didn't There weren't any programs like this in Louisville. Um, I think Louisville still struggles with that. I'd love to see us make more of an effort to get – kids outdoors in some meaningful way not just like a trip to the park but like right, right. sustained trips overnight yeah, those are you know and uh, you know there's uh, the challenge aspect you know as far yeah. as that goes you know i mean i'm sure that none of them uh if if i'm all you know 
I would just say uh, most of them, I'm sure, would never have that kind of opportunity to be placed in a position like that in any other way but through this. And you know, what I'm hearing, like they maybe not, they they probably didn't know one another. Correct. So they were able to some extent come in and kind of uh, erase their chalkboard of all that labeling that right. that had been placed on them or that they placed on themselves mm -hmm. and actually had a chance to kind of like hit a reset button and go okay now you know like you said those patterns and stuff are you don't get to just drop those either just because right. you erased the chalkboard right. <laughs> right. but you get that opportunity and you're not necessarily coming in with the uh, scarlet a so to speak yes and uh and 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 i would imagine as a as a, a facilitator of this some of that was probably in the curriculum so to speak of right. hey you know look this is a pattern you're doing so you got to mentor and guide and mm -hmm. and, and see that thing and help uh help people begin to self-correct and see what they're doing uh you know in 12-step stuff we kind of do the similar kind of thing we do inventory mm -hmm. and we get out all our baggage mm -hmm. and lay it before somebody else and that person who has also been through this process before uh, helps you kind of like uh, relabel these things and you know and set these things that are no longer serving you over here in the past right and give you that opportunity even though they will tend to want to come they, they somehow or another want to roll back to you right <laughs> uh, you can continue to observe and be aware that mm -hmm. oh there that is again and uh, and then we all have this good stuff too you know so we get it out and polish it and, yeah. and cultivate and fertilize and, and like you said a minute ago talking about the, creating the environment uh, where we can we can cultivate and grow that right. those traits because uh, I really do have a feeling in my heart that there are no bad people oh. uh, I, I you know there is a little there is a little a little seed someplace would say that maybe there is potentially some chemical imbalance some wiring and some things like that that may cause people to maybe be um mm -hmm. something else right uh, but i think at our heart the great majority of us have learned behaviors uh that that are covering up mm -hmm. uh my my sponsor gives the uh gives the uh, gives an example of like watching those and i don't of course i don't watch any tv anymore at all i just don't mm -hmm. uh about the only tv i get is if i haven't if i go up there and sit and talk to dad for a few minutes he's got it on or yeah. you know, you're someplace but i remember the the starving kids in africa commercials mm -hmm. yeah you know and 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 obviously that looked wrong to me mm -hmm. you know that is something that i didn't need to be taught right uh that that was not okay uh, that there was something fundamentally wrong when anybody is in the shape those people were in, mm -hmm. that compassionate heart that we're born with. Like, well, I don't even know if I said it on the air or off, but that we have uh, uh, natural as a human being, as, as, as a child of this universe, that we have compassion for other people and we want them to, uh, we don't want people suffering. Yeah. And, uh, and so we get back to where we, get to the mode because we can get ourselves to where we want you know i mean mm -hmm. i want to see you suffering you know maybe i don't have what you have mm -hmm. and 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 causes me feelings of less than and things like that you know and, and rather than like trying to do something to change me what i would rather do is throw rocks at you right uh now that's not me you know that's metaphorically speaking today but i'm certainly guilty of that in my past Mm -hmm. of uh rather than do something to make myself better of dragging other people down 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally have a, you know, I love the outdoors and that's something that I've always, you know, my father has brought me up in the woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's someplace that I still feel at home more than any place else. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a battery recharging that I get when I, when I'm at, when I am outdoors mm-hmm. and, and specifically I love one, times that challenge me when yeah. I'm outdoors too. When uh, my physical stuff is challenged, my mental things are challenged, you know, it's uh, uh, camping in very, very, very cold weather, mm-hmm. uh, pushing some limits, yeah. uh, repelling other kind of things that where you're doing some risk type behavior and then and you come out the other side of it okay and mm-hmm. uh, you build right. yourself doing that. And, uh, and that really touches me because I have something in common, like from when you're saying that, you know, I relate to that, that aspect of it. And then also I have a thing about, you know, uh, I want to help people avoid the pitfalls that I fell mm-hmm. into. Okay. And the younger they are, mm-hmm. you know, it was all great that, uh, that some guys came along and helped repair this almost 50 i am 50 now but when it happened this almost 50 year old dude Mm -hmm. you know that was all good and it was good for me and i'm happy and 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 very grateful that that happened but feel more deeply about you know how do we stop that Mm -hmm. from how do we how do we help guide a a young person from ever having to 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 go that direction you know and and those kind of programs are uh Mm -hmm. seem to be uh you know, I've kind of checked out of this whole social thing at some level. And I, what I was wanting to say is these programs that would cultivate that in the past seem to be fading. Yeah. Uh, I grew up as a Boy Scout. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and there's a lot of garbage wrapped around that now. You know, the mm-hmm. old bad apple kind of theory. You know, some things have happened and it's mm-hmm. caused that to, you know, put a real, uh, real black mark next to what is essentially a very great a, a great program mm-hmm. but uh i'm just not aware of where these things yeah happen yeah and i i don't i definitely don't know the answer um for uh for youth um and i think that getting them involved in something i think is really powerful and impactful and um Allowing them to have a voice and getting caring mentors and also creating some space for them to explore and make mistakes, make mistakes yeah. in a healthy way, right. um, I think is also necessary as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I in some of this work, even in the yoga work, we can look back at our lives and be like, oh, I don't want anybody to, ha- to ever have to go through what I did. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, a, a very fair desire. And some of that work builds the character of who we are. And does, so yeah. how do we, um, how do we keep people safe? Yeah. And how do we um, also avoid the creation of a sterile environment in which people are boxed in yeah. and, and don't, you know, have any of, of these um, experiences that really, you know, can be life changing. Yeah, I don't. I definitely character. That yeah. You know, you, if, you, if you can protect somebody to a level that that yeah, can actually hurt them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> become this caretaker kind of thing where we're going to kid glove you all your life. Yeah. And then when you do hit something, it 
mm-hmm. some later point in life, you know, you have absolutely no tools on how to handle it. Right. So, yeah. And uh, uh, I hear, you know, and I know I know that you're not making it. Um, so, yeah, that whole I said a minute ago about preventing people from doing the road that I did, you know, um, fact of the matter is you can't prevent it at all. There's mm-hmm. no way. I'm just don't have the power to right. do that. Uh, but maybe I, you know, the, the catching somebody, uh, where they don't have, they don't have to go to the depth and don't have to hit the bottom of the elevator. Right. Uh, and you know, the other side of this is, is that some of the things I'm talking about kills you. Right. And, yeah. And, and you know, when we, I thought when we came into AA and came into these recovery programs and things that, that, uh, when they were telling me this kills people, I thought you're just being a little overdramatic. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're trying to scare me. And, uh, even though I really was a, basically a frightened 12 year old boy at 45 years old, I still, uh, wanted you to think that, uh, you can't, you're not going to scare me and, right. you know, into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but I found out that's actually, it really is. We lose people every day locally. Mm-hmm. Somebody on, on a weekly basis, I know somebody who has know somebody either a, a step or two away uh, in the whatever the Kevin Bacon with that right twelve six, degrees or six, six degrees. degrees of separation, <laughs> but it's usually way inside of six that yeah. I know that is uh, their lives are being lost as a result of mm-hmm. uh, of drug drugs and alcohol specifically. Yeah. Um. So you did that for a couple of years in Florida? I did that for a couple say? of years, yeah. Mm-hmm. And these trips would be few week four to s- We would be out in the field for uh, three to four weeks. And then there was a follow-up phase, which is really important. And um, in my opinion, follow-up wasn't long enough. Follow-up should have been a couple of years. But that was the um, checking in and being that support, that caring adult, seeing how things were going and working with them to try out new things if that if that's what was needed yeah. so that they can have um success in their schooling have positive relationships with their friends with their family um easing that process because it could be kind of jarring for mm-hmm. people to be out in the in the woods and you've even talked about that's where you felt you know at peace your place a lot of these kids discovered that yeah. um and then all of a sudden we're like and now go go home and go back to school yeah, right. where you hardly got a window in this classroom um and you know that that could be a bit jarring for them yeah, and yeah. and allowing them to you know kind of seek out what what they want the rest of their lives to look like after that experience right. and not all of them had a positive experience right. i met a guy at a, a waffle house that had done an outward bound program five or 10 years ago. And he said, it was the worst experience of my life. I miss my birthday. I miss Halloween. He's like, but it changed it forever. So I like, okay. Yeah. Well, it, does, it doesn't yeah. all have to be good. Nope. You know? Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And just because, you know, like you said, just because you maybe didn't enjoy it does not mean it didn't have an impact to you on you uh, going forward like that. So that's a, uh, I see like a missing, in my perception, a missing role in our society to some level of uh, what what has always been was been around for a long time is, is is a mentoring type of role where it's not necessarily a parent because that's yeah. where you know uh, I don't know I, I sit in some uh, you know our twelve step spiritual recovery meetings are that that deal for just anybody who might happen to want to explore some other tools mm-hmm. and and people come in and they're not you know they're not struggling with alcohol or addiction but 
uh, they certainly are struggling with something. You know, you don't, uh, like I heard a guy come in, you know, we don't, we don't walk into these places generally on a, on a winning streak. Right. Uh, and, and a lot of times what, you know, uh, one of the, one of the, Themes are, are are managing our loved ones, be it children, mm-hmm. parents, uh, other relationships, managing relationships, you know, and and they really get, you know, some people are really, really driven by the fact that their children won't do what they think they should be doing. Yeah. You know, and then I giggle at that some level because if we talk about powerlessness and 12-step mm-hmm. and, and I can be aware of the things, you know, it's, it's fundamental serenity prayer stuff you know right. change give me serenity to to, to mm-hmm. deal with the things i can't change and and right. the courage to change the things i can and, and the wisdom to know the difference between those two right and powerlessness and that that thing is really nothing hits me harder mm-hmm. than child raising in that regard that is yeah. just like a just a just a, a giant spotlight in that i think i have some like uh you know, a remote control attached to my children that I get to guide them and what they're doing and that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the more I, and, but my remote control is somebody has reprogrammed it because it is not doing yeah. <laughs> what, <laughs> when I say turn left, that's not what is happening. And, uh, and we have to, you know, one of the things that I, you know, I really wanted to overmanage my children's lives it, uh, for a while. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and now I know all I can really be is some guardrails. Right. Uh, and you know, and try to and attempt to keep them safe and mm-hmm. keep from running completely off the road. But uh, mm-hmm. today, I can allow them to make their mistakes and 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 have their consequences, mm-hmm. and and do that in a loving way without you know, uh, without yeah. the whole "I told you so" uh, yeah. wrapped around it. That but but in a way that we can show them. But I was going back to that mentoring thing, you know. I do a thing in the meetings when people are talking about their children and that they won't do. And I say, okay, everybody raise your hands that did everything your parents told you to do, mm-hmm. you know, and nobody raises, you know, you, right. you don't, you know, so now I'm standing here mm-hmm. as a parent and I'm just using these as universal term things of standing here as a parent and not mm-hmm. understanding why my children won't do what I tell them to, Right. you know, and, um, and to be able to take a step back, Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's this this all goes and I, and I wish I could verbalize it more on that of like, uh, you know, I hear it in yoga. I hear it in my mankind stuff. I hear it in, uh, in our 12 step recovery of that, that weird line between making sure I'm involved and in playing my role. Mm-hmm. But I'm not in the fixed managing control thing yeah. where I'm, I try to find that elusive thing called balance, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I, uh, you know, yeah. uh, in our equanimity series, I really can tell. Uh, I can identify today when I am having trouble in equanimity. Mm-hmm. I Usually it's a reflection right. of something else in my life that is not in balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and kind of giggle at that. Yeah. Uh, when, when I, when I have that going on, mm-hmm. um, I, 
I will say, um, like, a couple points on some of the stuff that you have said. I am, and, like, full disclosure, not a parent. Um, and so that sort of relationship is really unique and mm-hmm. one that I have not had the experience of. I've, I'm a child, and so I definitely have, can go from that insight and had a really um, unique relationship with my parents once I got into high school, um, really was given a lot of space. I was a second child um, and was given some space to explore and make some mistakes within a, a safe boundary and, and discover who I was at that at that moment in a, a way that was um, I, like the the best way I can say it, it feels like there's some fluidity mm-hmm. there. And yeah. there was like, like all of a sudden my parents at that point in my life where usually uh, a lot of butting heads starts to happen, we became, we, we transitioned into a, a supportive friendship. Hmm. And they got really interested in things that I was getting interested in and really supported me in that. And an example, I was raised a Catholic, went to Catholic grade school, Catholic high school. When I was in high school, I went on a a mission trip. Uh, I I think they called it a mission trip then. That's they probably don't call them mission trips anymore to Appalachia and helped build some houses for Mm -hmm. a week and came back from that experience knowing that. Um, I wanted to be a part of a faith community and that the Catholic faith community was not the place for me because of a variety of reasons. Um, And there's nothing wrong with the Catholic faith. It just wasn't my place. And so from there, transitioned to a Unitarian church, Mm -hmm. um, which my parents were like, cool, we'll go with you. And they went to some services with me to see what it was all about and to learn. And none of us continue to go to a Unitarian church, but just their openness to what I was learning and discovering was really helpful for me at that time. And um, another note, a a joke in the Outward Bound community that I bring up from time to time is... um, what we like to remind ourselves is how many Outward Bound instructors does it take to change a light bulb? And somebody could come up with an answer. And the, the answer is zero. It has to want to change itself. Mm. And so we've really got, and I've gotten clear in in the work that I do that I cannot change people. Right, yeah. I can offer tools. Um, and what I found the most powerful thing that I can do is to offer space and to hear and to listen to people yeah. and see what they're going through and and without the need to offer any advice or to fix. Yeah. And, you know, and, and also let's go back to my previous disclaimer and that I don't have kids. And I know that that relationship is really unique and it is important to keep your kids safe. And, and sometimes you do need to step in um, to in order to do so. Um, and like with my relationship with my husband, like what I have had the, and through my yoga work, what I've been able to offer him is the space for him to start to dabble in some of this work. And at first it was, you know, we've got a series of questions from our 40 days program and he would answer one a week and he would maybe journal on it and wouldn't tell me the answers. So that's like where it started. (laughs) And then like the next time we did the program, he's like, well, maybe we could discuss some of these questions to now that he's on this journey, which I'm really it's really exciting for me to witness. And I can't put my hands in very much. I really just have to hold space where he's like, you know what? This corporate ladder that I've been climbing up doesn't seem to serve me anymore. Mm. Where's my end point? Um, You know, I feel like he's about to. 
I'm going to show him Finding Joe soon for him to see the hero's journey and for him to, I love to that, baby. yeah, it's so great for him to, to really discover what his life, what he wants his life to look like. Our lives are pretty intertwined and the fact that we're married and, you know, my work right now with him is to hold the space for yeah. him to discover and learn and, and for me to not put any of my desires or what I want life to look like um, so that he can really be in co-creation of this. And the hope is that there would be, um, you know, in a Venn diagram, some middle ground of what we want our lives to look like. Right. And I was really clear in our vows that the word forever is not in there. And if our paths would take us in different directions, that's where our paths would take us. Um and I'm I'm interested, I am committed to his personal growth, even if that would take him away from me. Yeah. And this is a little bit dramatic. We've got a, a loving we're I pretty you though, and newlyweds, yeah. but um I'm more interested in, in him and his growth right. than what that means for me. Yeah. That sounds uh, that sounds really I mean, I, I loved everything you said there. That was uh uh, actually beautifully said and, I, and it landed right with me I understood what you were saying you know I can understand how that could also sound like a, hey I'm not planning on being here yeah. forever and that's not what you were saying at all right um, that is you know that little deal where we are you know working together but yet and I use that term I, I you know I pick these tools up as I go along and I love the phrase holding space mm-hmm um that you know and and the ability to let people be who they are and and also be engaged and and enthusiastic and encouraging uh one of the biggest tools that i know that i have is the ability to encourage people Mm -hmm. you know without necessarily guiding them you know but to be supportive Mm -hmm. uh and in my role sometimes uh sometimes that does mean some gentle uh warnings to some extent about well my experience in similar kind of situations Mm -hmm. or that kind of thing is this but that past performance does not necessarily predict your your outcome either Mm -hmm. uh these are just the 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 things i have witnessed and, and seen um i had a thought in that um in that forever thing you know and, and I know it's a kind of a little bit of a tangent, but I, I really have wondered and struggled with that. I was married for 17 years and was with uh, Angie and I were together for, I think, 23. Okay. So we had about six of Dayton and then, and then got married and had kids and did all the, you know, the double income, yeah. uh, 2.3 kids, a dog, uh, house uh-huh. and, and all that thing that, uh, that I believe today and nobody pushed it, but it was like that was what was expected mm-hmm. at some level. You know, the, this is what you were supposed to do. Right. So I walked the script of what, and again, nobody told me that's what I'm supposed to do. There was no any of that going there. Uh, but, you know, in relationships in general, you know, almost like it's like a, can can be like a seasonal thing. You know, mm-hmm. the seasons change and, and we're meant to be together for a period of time and we don't know maybe that is mm-hmm. forever. Right. Uh, maybe it's not, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I think, you know, one of the keys in it, and, and I still do struggle with it, is a wrestling match of like, you know, when forever doesn't happen, which, you know, uh, obviously hasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh that uh that we can do something where we 
are able to move on with that in some kind of healthy manner rather than having it as an adversarial kind of right. situation that, uh, mm-hmm. that it doesn't have to, you know, uh, who wrote these rules? I want to know, you know, because yeah. uh, I don't necessarily mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, agree. And it's interesting that we take them on, even though because mankind has not really stayed together forever. Mm-hmm. That has not been the history of what happens if throughout life. Right. For one thing was is females has pretty rough. Well, everybody had pretty rough mortality rates. Yes. But from the childbearing and uh, things like that, you know, it just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And it's probably only really been in the past hundred years or so that you see, you know, and maybe a little bit, maybe a little more than that, that you see these couples that are like, you know, at, from 18 to death to we part. Right. Uh, and, and it really is really rare. Mm-hmm. And, and I could be off base here completely, but it seems at some level, it seems to be like, that's the dream. That's the target thing. That's the what. You know, it's yeah. like, well, what, how, how does that become a, mm-hmm. uh, a a social norm How that that overnight almost, you know, right. uh, that that's what we're to do. Um, so after this, this outward bound thing, did you, did it, you said an opportunity arose that brought you back? Is you know, that- it wasn't really an opportunity. It was time to come home. Um, and that was because my sister was having kids. Oh, yeah. Um, and she had her she had her first kid. Um, and he was about two months premature. Mm-hmm. And I was on um, a course in the Everglades. And my family couldn't get in touch with me. And so that was kind of the moment. Mm. They actually, like... I think there was some a lack of clarity about exactly where I was at the time, but there was people in like Colorado looking for me. I was in the Everglades. You can't get in touch with anybody down there. Finally, we had a resupply. Somebody came in. I was sat down. They said, everything's okay. You just need to call uh, your mother. And so I called my mother and found out. And, you know, I, I had planned on being home for, you know, I, I wanted to be this supportive aunt and, um, and it, you know, nothing ever happens as planned, yeah, which so is fine. And famous he's, last words, yeah. I have a plan. <laughs> he's healthy and everything's great. But it was, you know, I, I think I did a couple more courses after that. I probably stayed for, I, I finished my contract there. I would have loved to stay. They gave me the option to extend my contract. Um, you know, I'll tell this story before I give you some more information. Uh, the last, the second to last course I did was in Alabama. Um, and there is a end of the river that we're always going towards. So there's a, a completion of the course that because of circumstances, weather, behaviors, I had never made it to the end of that course. And mm-hmm. it's not a big deal. You can pull out wherever. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a moment on that course where I realized that we were going to make it. It's either, I think it's Silver Springs or Mystic Springs. We were going to make it to the end. This group was was doing really well. Um, everything was working. Like wind's working in our direction. Weather's great. We we're going to make it to the end. I had a, an instructor meeting and choked up a little bit. Um because there was that level of of the completion of that course. Yeah. And then my last course was going to be in the Everglades, which is a, a really challenging terrain. And I was going to be able to make some peace with the Everglades. And so I, in that moment, I, I realized that there was some completion, yeah. um, which has also happened recently with me in the studio. So yesterday, I actually taught my last class at the studio. Oh, really? Yes. And I this is my last teacher training that I will be leading for the studio. And I love this work. Um, I, everything that I've done up until now had prepared me for this work. 
And there's also a level of completion. Um, I came and did what I felt like I was called mm-hmm. to do. And the studio is in a fabulous place uh-huh. for me to step away and focus more on some of these community classes and how yoga with a capital Y can be supported in our city and in our state. Yeah. I don't quite know what that looks like. Uh-huh. I'll figure it out at some point in time. Um, and, and this even goes back to relationships. Like what um, – it's all positive and it's – we have given, me and the studio, have given ourselves the opportunity to grow. And nothing, my relationship, I'll still have a relationship with a studio. It's just going to look different. Yeah. Um, and I am very grateful to have a community that's going to allow me to develop and change and and change that relationship and i think that there's a lot of opportunities for the studio itself Mm -hmm. and like very tangibly like other people are going to step up and teach my classes other people are going to step up into some of the leadership roles that i held so there's possibility there right yeah um and so i forget where we initially were in this conversation but just that that acknowledgement of completion yeah that's another uh that's another thing i've picked up in my yoga journey is yeah that, you know and i feel like um and, and it's in the moment right y- yeah it's not you know it's not the complete like the end slap the thing right we're complete in this moment with this particular thing yeah in this relationship in this hobby whatever there's there's all and and i don't know if it's because i'm i think i'm technically a millennial and what is characteristic of a lot of people in my age group is that we do a lot of different jobs and we have a lot of in- different interests and we work really hard and so um and part of the reason is is because one job for the rest of my life was never offered to me i've never had a retirement plan i don't know that i've ever had health insurance by an employer uh-huh. um those those sort of traditional ideas of work just weren't um, available. And so we, I have created just a different relationship with work, which allows me to be, be project-based to be okay. I'm a complete here. Yeah. And I love you all. And I love what I, what you all have given me and I've loved what I've been, what I have contributed. And now I can take some of this and go create something, something else. And, and, um, and I don't know what, I think it's a a practice of A Course in Miracles, which I've like barely skimmed the surface of, but I think there's some sim- similarities with 12 yeah. Steps. But anyways, there's a That's practice. Been jumping into my yeah. uh, per- perimeter here lately through through some Marianne Williamson yes, uh, yeah. um, she, stuff. Uh, she's uh, the, signed a great, up for some little free course on yeah. relationships the other day that I've been listening yeah, to. Yeah, she's a great Saturday. access point for yeah. all of this, but there's a practice in there where you say, how can I serve? Yeah. And it'll they the universe will show you. Yep. It will, yeah. I found that you'll that's, say, "Oh, can I? How can I serve a little less?" You know, but and that's what I'm. And I also will acknowledge that I have a level of um, financial freedom that allows me to um, do work without a concern for how much money it's going right, to bring yeah. in. Uh, I, we are not wealthy people. We live in a very modest home. I do need to bring in income. Um, and I don't need I've, – I've never gotten used to any sort of benchmark of money being brought in. Uh, yeah. In fact, my happiest times were when I was working for Outward Bound. Room and board was covered there. So I think I made – I mean, we were right under um, – we were eligible for, for food stamps when yeah. we were working there. And, you know, we, we were – 
provided for and that was not necessary. Um, and it was definitely a different situation, but, um, yeah. So I I know that not everybody has the freedom to be like, I'm complete here. I'm complete here. And we also, I also have a pattern of operating from a, a, idea of scarcity. Mm-hmm. If I let go of this, I will not ever have another opportunity. If I let go of this relationship, nobody else is going to love me. And switching, turning off that scarcity, which I think yeah. is ingrained in us. There's memories of the depression from my, you know, probably in my blood and my genes yeah. somewhere, yeah. Um, which is why we, we tend to want to hold on and to grasp. And the practice of yoga is a lot of that letting go. Right. Whether it's physical things, whether it's relationships, whether it's patterns, yoga is really, you know, the the unlearning yeah. of that stuff. And you said it earlier, we're kind of going for full circle, but just getting back to like our core, our essence, the yep. goodness that exists within each of us and allowing the space for that to f- be fueled into contribution. Yeah, yeah. You know, I held on to something in the same way, you know, a little long, you know, and I, and I, like when you, you were talking about this, you know, I kind of, I, I look at it as what's the next adventure. Yeah. You know, okay. You know, this and this, I've, uh, put, you know, you were talking about the, uh, making it to the Silver Springs or the whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and that was the, the end point or right. whatever, you know, but you know, it's okay. I've, I've, I've reached to this. And regardless if I actually reached a goal or not, that's not what I mean. It's, right. But but I've I've gotten to this point, and 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 it's time for something different. Right. You know, I grew up in a, and again I don't know where I got these lessons because my father did not work the same place forever. Yeah. Uh, he had had tons of things. You know, he mm-hmm. owned a bar. He sold oh. real estate for a while. He. Uh, was a home inspector. He mm-hmm. always fell back to construction trades, and I don't mean that in a falling back, but that was his soft landing anytime that some change was happening in his life where his current career wasn't going or wasn't for whatever reason. And I don't even know why all that stuff happened. I have no idea really mm-hmm. what was behind it. But he could go, you know, he could go back and do that. And and But I had in my head something that I was to go, you know, like I said earlier, I had this formula that was that you know it was go to college which i didn't do mm-hmm. uh, i did I, you know i checked the some college box uh get a job mm-hmm. work there forever yeah build up a 401k and a pension plan mm-hmm. and you know and retire and and so this this thing where and, and i was actually on that you know at 20 at at 49 years old i had worked at a place for 28 years yeah same job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know how bad it was getting to me. And I a little bit wanted to fight that feeling that it was getting to me. You know, it just had to muscle up, you know, come on, you know, you just, let's just make it one. You know, okay, day, you know, we kind of do this uh, recovery thing of living a day at a time. And I am fully in support of a day at a time living style because that's all I have right now anyway. Right. Uh, but then when it becomes to like a point where I'm muscling through today so that I can just survive it till tomorrow, uh, that is not the way I want to operate. But I didn't see myself doing that. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and 28 years was probably a few years too many. 
uh, of sitting underneath the fluorescent lights, staring at a computer screen and waking up in the morning and, and not wanting to go to where I had to go. And now the thought of that, you know, after like a, in a couple more weeks, it will be, it will be a year okay. since they turned me loose. Mm-hmm. And again, they did, I, I didn't do it. They cut me loose, yeah. you know, uh, universe doing for me what I couldn't do for myself yep. uh, because of that security was so, uh, I am very security based in that regard uh, that I, you know, good paycheck, good benefits, you know, uh, look to be that, you know, uh, there was no shakiness in, uh, you know, in my job stability, even though that turned out to be a little bit different, but I know that's a, that's a different thing, but I will hold on to that security post through that hurricane and my feet are off the ground and the wind is blowing me Mm -hmm. and I have got a bear hug on that thing because I am not turning loose of it. And, uh, and the wind blew hard enough that tore, tore me off of there. And, uh, and it, and it's a huge blessing because today I do wake up for this season and I don't know how long this one will last. I don't know, but for this season, I wake up in the morning and, uh, or even better yet, I go to sleep at night looking forward to what I get to do tomorrow, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's things like this, you know, sit down and have a conversation with somebody and do this podcast where I get to broadcast and carry this message and, and have people, you know, a, a gal, a guy celebrated 17 years last night and his wife come up and like gave me a hug that was a little, uh, a little more than I expected. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm a hugger. I'm all right. for that, but there was something there. And she said, I'm working on our rental house and I have been listening to your podcast for like the last two weeks. So even though you don't realize how deep a connection me and you have, yeah, <laughs> I have like connected with oh, you yeah. through listening to that. And I get to touch voices, you know, I get emails and, 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 uh, from all over the, all over the country talking mm-hmm. to me about this and actually abroad. I have, from Africa and in Europe and I would have never thought right you know and you know that that deal where I uh the graduation weekend of teacher training I got turned loose on that Friday right of that weekend uh which is actually it tickles me to watch when timing works like that uh I'm blown away I'm like hey you know, and even though I didn't like that wasn't a career switch for me where, you know, one day I was an engineer and the next day I was a yoga teacher. That's not what happened. But there was definitely a change in the season that day mm-hmm. that uh, that that had impact on me. And, and today I can be aware of it and, and appreciate it uh, and be excited for what 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 it brings. Yep. Uh, I can't imagine myself doing the same thing forever mm. anymore. Yeah. And I thought that's what I was going to be doing. Right. I really thought there was something said, there was something in me that told me that's actually what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. And, uh, and, I, and, I, and today when I do this handyman stuff, uh, every day is a new thing. Yeah. You know, once in a while it's something different, but, mm-hmm. uh, in every piece of thing I build in this wood shop, you know, it's something different. I don't do production work. Right. Uh, I do, uh, one-offs for the most part. And I think that, um, you know, something I do like to mention and when I have this conversation often um, is that there are some people that that do like go through school and know exactly what they want to do. And it, you you know, my sister 
is a teacher of uh, history, and she's the most amazing teacher uh, that I've ever encountered. Um, and she knew that from a, from a very early age, and she's taught at two different schools, and it's just allows her to um, really share of herself and her gifts. Um, and so I'm, in some ways I'm also envious, like I, I have these opportunities where I get to explore all these different paths and I also see what she's done and what she's created and this wealth of knowledge and skill that she has in working with, she works with, uh, teens, middle schoolers, um, and so excellently. And so there's, but I think what's always important is that there are paths, there's different paths at no point in time can we uh, not take a different road, right? There's there's many yep. forks in the road. Yep. And um, it's hard to communicate those options to, to people when they're younger. I mean, it was just this weekend. I had a niece or nephew in the um, coffee shop. I forget which one. And, and we were like, what do you want to be when you get older? Hmm. And it's all, I'm also concerned about the, the, the close tie-in with identity of the work that we do. And that seems to be a newer thing. My parents did a number of things. I would never call them any of the things that they did. For Like my mom worked in marketing. I would never say my mom's a marketer. My mom is my mom. She has this, you know, a, a full life of a variety of interest. And it seems to be um, a, a rather new phenomenon that we are so tied to the work that we do. Um, and I'm more interested in some separation there. Yeah, I had a lot of my my identity wrapped up in what I did for a living. You know, there was a lot of that now to an unhealthy level to some extent, you know, that I and I still struggle to some to, to an extent about uh, identifying with certain things and, and making, you know, uh, wanting to place, you know, my self-worth on what I do. Mm-hmm. I always like that. uh Somebody pointed out that, you know, that I can find myself being a human doing. Right. Not a human being. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can get myself wrapped up about whether, you know, uh, if I have a relationship or not and how worthy I am or am not according to that. You know, the beauty of today is to actually be able to step back and actually see that that's happening rather than be blind to, uh, to, to, to those things. And you're right. You know, some people are meant, I guess, I must say to go do a certain thing and that's what they do you mm-hmm. know and others are not so by no means am i trying to sit here and say that because dan ran out of gas under fluorescent lights that you should too right uh that's another one of the uh it's interesting that uh i find myself at times sharing what my because that's what recovery really says i can do anything i want to do as far as when i share from my experience and just because i'm sharing from my experience does not mean that it ha- that i am uh placing any judgment or any thing on you right mm-hmm. <laughs> uh just because I speak a lot about yoga does not mean I think less of you because you don't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. So tell me about how the yoga path and uh, how did it... Uh... Yeah. So that's... Um, I started yoga when I was in Chicago at a, uh, a Bikram studio. So that's the hot 26 method. Um, very regimented. It is not community-based. It's very individually based. You're not interacting with people in the room around you. You're really... It's you there one-on-one. There's mirrors. You're looking at yourself the whole time. And that was some really important... I had some important work in my relationship with myself that needed to happen. 
happen. Um, and, and that style of yoga was great for that. I came in and I saw myself and I sweated really a lot and it was really physically challenging and there was no talk about anything spiritual. And that is great because I wouldn't have heard it at that time. I would have walked out the door. Mm-hmm. When I went down to Florida, we lived, we had a base on this island um, that was uh, rather small. You could bike everywhere and there was one yoga studio there. Um, and luckily they gave Outward Bound instructors a bit of a discount and um, it was a Baptiste studio. Hmm. And so I started, it took me a while. I was uncomfortable at first because I was used to a different style. Um, but I got into it and, and, and started to enjoy it, enjoyed the, the physicality of it, the intensity, but also the ways in which they were um, using it as transference. So like, what are we learning here? How can that be applied elsewhere? When I moved home to Louisville, we did not have any sort of power yoga or Baptiste studios. The studio that I practiced with in Florida had then moved to North Carolina, and they were offering their first yoga teacher training. So Mm. it made sense for me to go to North Carolina. I went there once a month for maybe six months or so to complete my 200-hour training. And like you were talking about with the timing of the universe, it seems to all happen uh, as it should. I completed my training. I got an email that 502 Power Yoga was about to open. It was Ooh. the same style that I had just been trained in. Right. So I reached out to them immediately and yeah. said, I'd love to teach cool for you. That? Yeah, I, had, I love it when timing works yeah. like that. I mean, it just it tickles me to death to watch those. Right. Those, uh, it's like asteroids or something intersecting, you know, in space from yeah. boom, you know, and they're just there, you know, and it mm-hmm. all comes together. It's, it's amazing. And it was, um, it was really cool for me to be a part of the studio as it was growing and, yeah. and building. And I learned a lot of lessons, um, in that, that could be applied in more of a business standpoint, which was yeah. really helpful to mm-hmm. me as I began to open up Once my own business. <laughs> yeah. It was beautiful. Um, and I do love, you know, and I, I'll say this, I, I love all styles of yoga. And, and really now that I'm stepping away from a studio that teaches a specific style, um, stepping away from teaching it, not not stepping away from the community, um, I feel as though I'm going to be a better advocate for yoga in general, yeah. capital Y yoga, whether it's restorative, whether it is the Hot 26 series, whether it is, um, you know, just yo- kids yoga. Yeah, um, there's an inherent, uh, inheritive um, bias towards what we do. You right. Know, and and that- I think it's all great and it's all and, – and a lot of – you know, my passion for this work makes more sense. It's easier for me to digest when I take out the word yoga and I just put in movement. Because um, I think that that movement is different for everybody. Yeah. And like what discipline they choose um, can be different. And, and really with the yoga, we could take out the postures and put in tap dancing and I could probably still teach the same thing. Yeah, You know, the the tracks of the train are the community are the empowerment um the recovery work the the getting back to ourselves and the train that rides on those tracks could be a variety of different things really good it's just the way that it is communicated and that was um you know going back to my childhood my father he still does walks every day he moves his body every day And that is necessary for his mental health. I don't think he can acknowledge that. I don't know that he knows why he's doing it. But on vacation, he'll like disappear for an hour or so. Like, where's dad? And then we'll like look out and we'll just see him on the beach walking back and forth. Like he needs to, to, and and that makes sense to me. Yeah, we need it. 
I and, believe we do. Yeah. And we all, you know, yoga is really just a set of uh, postures that was created in a different country that stretches and moves our body. Yeah. We could call it something else and it would still be there and it'd still be similar. And, and I like, I like the I like um, philosophy that is, that surrounds the practice of yoga. Um, and, uh, you know, asana is, translates into a comfortable seat. Meditation was the I, the early go- goal of meditation was to prepare us to take a seat. And so, you know, as yoga and meditation are combined, we can really understand them as a very similar thing. Mm-hmm. How I view it is a preparation for us to take our seat in the world. Ah. And so whatever it is, that seat is. And yeah. so it's going to look different. If you're a firefighter, you're doing different stuff. Your body's going to need to be prepared a different way. Your yoga and meditation practice would probably look different. Yeah. You know, if you're um, a kid, your life looks different. What you want to do looks different. Your yoga and meditation practice is probably going to look a little bit different. Yeah. You know, if you're a marathon runner, I it looks that. different. I'm going to have to go back and uh, make sure I catch that again. I'm on, uh, that that preparing to take a seat. Right. And, and med- you know, and when we look at my understanding, my understanding is that, you know, initially yoga was um, communicated one one on one. And how it was communicated was long dharma talks from a guru to one individual in which they would need to just sit there for hours on end to be able to receive this information. We don't do that anymore. However, our meditation and our yoga practice can then prepare us to be in the positions to receive what it is that we need to receive or to do what it is that we need to do. Yeah. It's like another way of saying it. But yeah, and, and it just looks different for everybody. Yep. yep. Um, but for me, yoga was never the goal. Yoga is never the goal. And I think that's – I've had to get – remind myself of that. Yoga was always a pathway to something. I got into yoga when I was in Chicago because I was a runner – And my body was just starting to, it wasn't breaking down, but like my knees were causing me unnecessary troubles for a 20 year old. Um, And so I was like, you know what? Everybody tells me to stretch. I don't know how to stretch. I don't know what that means. I'm just going to start. I'm going to do some of these yoga classes. Yeah. Up against the wall, stretch your calves. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. About two minutes. You're like, that's good, right? Um, And so yoga was always that pathway too. My life begins to feel out of balance when it's just yoga. Um, because that's, that wasn't the original, um, that wasn't the original relationship for me. And that, that's not the most powerful relationship. I'm a runner. I still am. It gives me so much freedom. I love it. Uh And I don't like to run in the cold, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, and I'm a paddler. I need to be out on the water. Um, and my yoga practice can prepare me for that work and it can prepare me for the work that I'm doing in the community right now owning a coffee shop I stand for sometimes 10 hours Mm -hmm. in a day and it is necessary for me to create a practice that's going to work my body and allow me to do that right yeah Um, that is not easy yeah when you're talking about like as we're growing older I hope to have kids I hope for those kids to have kids I hope to be 80 or 90 and want to pick a child up off the floor yeah Get down on the floor with and yeah. get back up. and Yeah. And so hopefully then my yoga practice can prepare me for that. Right, yeah. yeah, I really do fully believe in, and of course it shows uh, history-wise, you know, it's a 
it's a solid deal that it will it will allow you to maintain because there are a lot of exercise you know because of the, like I said before it goes so much more it goes so much more deeper than just exercise but it is a form of exercise that allows you to like you know it, there's no limit to it you know people I always hear that you know and and I certainly not mean to throw any uh, particular thing under the bus because I think any movement get up and do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, is good, but a lot of people I hear about injuries in like CrossFit. Yeah, you know, and I'm not looking to get hurt. Right, you know, I'm not looking to do things that are, have a probability of me uh, stopping me. My, mm-hmm. my my point here is to keep going. Right, and not not end up mm-hmm. having something. And I don't need C muscles. I don't need what I say that yoga gives me is functional power. Yeah. It gives me the power to function the way that I do in life, whether if it means, I mean, I really, I tickle, I get myself tickled at times because I stand and redoing somebody's putting in and take, taking down an old ceiling fan and putting a new ceiling fan up and I can hold my arms up forever. Right. You know, I don't fatigue out, you know, and I know why I can do that, you know, and I can also remember when I'd had to drop them and sit, you know, and wait until I could recover. Right. enough to put my hands back up in the air again to finish the job mm-hmm. and uh all the time it comes into my head is the work that i'm doing today right of how my yoga practice is allowing me to do this safely mm-hmm. and, and for the most part in comfort and stamina mm-hmm. and not need like a recovery period after doing something that is relatively simple right uh that i have to go home and lay on the couch in order to get over this until tomorrow and i have to go back and do it again Mm -hmm. uh yoga just means uh it just it's doing a lot for me uh it leveled up you know i thought meditation is the part of 12 steps okay 12 step step 11 says sought through prayer and meditation improve my conscious contact with uh the god as, as god as i understand him and i don't even like you know i try to even pull the stuff but you know you were saying about words you know we just have these words these grunt noises we make that we all understand mean something you know mm-hmm. and uh and it's not really ideal yeah but it's what we got mm-hmm. uh and so through that prayer and meditation whatever that means to you because my meditate my actual meditation practice for a while i thought i needed to do this thing you know i need this i would try to set these rules around myself that i have to achieve you know i had to check off this box of 20 minutes or I failed right you know and even though intellectually I'm not thinking that mm-hmm. I'm not really doing that but there's still something down in there that makes me think that way and uh and I found that my meditation practice doesn't need to be that intense today right uh and one of the things is is that I feel meditative when I'm doing yoga mm-hmm. I feel meditative when I'm out here making wooden railroad spikes yep. I, uh, and, and I can weave that stuff together. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I had a big breakthrough in meditation and for whatever reason, you know, it was one of those things where I struggled with it and I, mostly what I was doing was fighting it. And mm-hmm. again, I don't know I'm fighting it. Mm-hmm. I, the, my, that whole, that little meme, that says life is, uh, uh, seen through the rear view mirror, but it can only be experienced forward or right. something kind of thing like mm-hmm. that. You know, I see that after the fact of how I was fighting that stuff and using it as like, cause I am, I'm a goal oriented, check something off. I want, I want a to-do list over there with empty right. square boxes on the left-hand side. And my job is to check off the boxes and, and that's not the way I want to operate. Right. Uh, but to some level there sort of is that. So it'd be meditation. It'd be this and be that. But at some point I had some deal where meditation all of a sudden made sense to me. Mm-hmm. 
and it, and it didn't make any difference if it made any sense to anybody else. Yeah. It was all of a sudden was mine, mm-hmm. you know, and yoga was kind of the same way, you know, I was doing it. And then all of a sudden one day it clicked on like why I'm doing this and I can't put it into words. Mm-hmm. There's no way to do for me to do that. But all of a sudden I went, oh, yeah. You know, and I also know that it's something that's really important. You know, I think you know the story, but Renee tricked me into going to yoga the very first time. Oh, yeah. And uh, for my birthday and said, we're just going to, I want to take you someplace, but you're just going to have to trust me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not going to tell you. And you had to not. And so I did. And I wondered and wondered what she was going to do. And about a week before we were going to do it or some days before we were going to, this event was going to happen. I said, I at least need to know what to wear. Yeah. You know, do I need a tie? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, you and, could wear a tie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you could have. I would have probably felt fairly uncomfortable. I was uh, fairly uncomfortable to begin with, but she took me to the Y12 that Rebecca was doing there on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and I instantly fell in love with it. I mean, and I really did. I instantly, because I was in a room with my 12-step fellows, which made me feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, and and the practice, I walked out of the practice and I hear this same words being told to me by my buddies now that are going because uh, I invite them. And I have Kat is gracious enough that her and I work together enough to where I have these ways that I can allow these guys to come join me. Uh, so we, we barter a little work for for the class packs and stuff. And awesome. I use those to help my friends mm-hmm. uh, experience yoga. And uh, and they come out and they say they use the words that they are high, mm-hmm. and that's the way I felt when I first walked out of that first class. I was juiced up. There was something that had happened to me that I liked the feeling of, mm-hmm. and, and and I continue to do that. And when I back off, I feel it. Now it's actually something that I need. Now whether what and how much of it is up for discussion, but most of my not most. All of my mornings start with some semblance of somewhat some people would label as prayer. Mm-hmm. It starts with some semblance or labeling of meditation. And I do some bit of a yoga practice myself just to get my juices flowing in the morning. Most of the time it looks like some sun A's and B's just to get going in the morning. Yep. And, uh, and, that's, and that's the way my day starts. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I need that in my life. Uh, it's not when I don't do it. There's something missing. Mm-hmm. Um, so where to go now? The uh, you went to this yoga teacher training in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. You came back here mm-hmm. and found yourself. That was when was that right when five hundred two was starting? I had started to teach in my home. Oh, did you? Probably. I had, yeah. I, honestly, I just invited anybody I knew. Oh, did you? Yeah. More of a friend um, thing or yeah, was it a paying my, gig? Uh, it was not. Pay- I mean, I had like a jar that I said, if you would like to contribute, um, it would be nice to bring in some income here. That was my goal was to teach and make money off of teaching. Um, but I was my apartment was strange and there was just this big open room in the front. Um, and so I think I could fit maybe 10 people in there. Um, and so I emailed Kat and um you know, let her know that I was trained in this discipline. And so Kat and Sarah came to a class that was in my home. Because if I recall, I don't think Kat was trained initially. She was not. Yeah. No. Um, And so when 
502 was going to run their first teacher training, it made sense for me to work with Sarah to support Sarah as she was leading that so that we could train more teachers. Kat was included in that bunch um, to then teach at the studio. And then I assisted with the the subsequent teacher trainings um, just as a support. And I loved that role. And I honestly thought I could do it for forever and would have been happy as a clam. Uh, And when Sarah... Uh, needed to move for her husband was transferred or or got a job elsewhere. Um, It was almost just an understanding that I would then lead the training. And it was nothing that I had ever identified that I had wanted to do. Hmm. Um, And and I think because, yes, Sarah did a great job. I felt like I was contributing. I was happy with my role. I'm not a person that needs to be in the front of the room. I know that there's only so much power at the front of the room that we can contribute in a lot of different ways, and it looks a lot of different ways. Are you comfortable there? Is that a place that you're comfortable? Or is that – because I'm – and I don't – again, I won't put it into it, but it seems to me – I mean, I see that you're comfortable there, mm -hmm. but I also see – again, and I don't want – I see that, like, that's not necessarily where you want to be – you don't it doesn't I don't see like this desire to be oh right front. yeah so there is the um some people cr- want that yeah some people I find myself a little bit there some people want that and that's that's great like I am never I'm, I've never been a performer um I've never been had any desire I danced as a child but like um I guess there was some performance nature to that never had any desire to be like an actor or singer you know any sort of Things in that. I'm a very private person. Um, I am. Uh, I'm fine to be up there in the front of the room. There is a flow of energy from me outward that is taxing and requires recovery on my end. So some time spent without that, so that I can switch that arrow and have energy flow into me and through like I'm a great lover of film Mm -hmm. and so like that is how I recharge I love to read um my dog is my world and so we spend a lot of time together um and so just I'm not somebody that can be in that place all the time right um I do like things to be quieter it is uh you know I discovered early on that teaching 15 20 classes a week also was not uh sustainable for for the type of person that I am I don't enjoy being in the front that much now I'm uh I limit myself to five classes a week I try I that's that's my goal yeah right Right around five classes would be great. Um, And just to ensure that the work that I'm doing is sustainable. And that's something that I'm more and more interested in as I've trained yoga teachers. And they've gone out there and started teaching all of these classes. And a year later, they're not teaching anymore at all because they just burnt themselves out. And um, really understanding how to set clear boundaries, how to take things slowly um, so that we can – be, you know, honor the commitments that we make and create programming, create classes that are successful, impactful, and sustainable. Yeah, that sustainable thing is a, a big word in my life lately, too, you know. Yeah, uh, and it's, you know, it, it, in the same way that I relate, like, the different seasons, it's going to look different at different times. Yeah. Um, sometimes I might be able to teach more. Some, You know, I'm right now, you know... I, I'm also clear about like the balance of the classes that I teach. 
yesterday I taught a kid's class. There were probably, uh, there's probably like a 13 to 14 year old was the oldest and the youngest was, um, maybe seven, hmm. eight, eight probably. And then my next class immediately afterwards was 18 to 24 year olds. Hmm. And they, these give me some, uh, diversity in my teaching that, um, make it colorful, make it, um, novel. Where if I was just teaching like adults, 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 uh, that would not be, yeah. but it That's takes it. some work to discover. Like, how's this? How's this? How's this? Do, is this class really allowing my, like me to share in a way that, that feels impactful to me? Yeah. That, uh, you know, like, and you mentioned, you know, I need a routine that is very important to me. But I do not, I, I reject the other side of like the strict routine that I'm doing the, mm-hmm. the same thing. That's one of the things the, in whatever the word is, Bikram, Bikram, mm-hmm. uh, that, that regimented same thing did mm-hmm. not land for me. Yeah. Uh, I like what we do at 502 where mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know what I'm getting. Yeah. I've got an idea of the variation that I'm going to yeah. get when I get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't, I, I get a different, I get some variation in my yoga practice that way. Yeah. And, and I like that. And that helps me too, to some extent on the thing that, uh, you know, I might cuss under my breath a little bit about like, this is not what we're supposed to do next, but right. I know that's good for me. Right. Because otherwise I can actually find myself going through the motions. Yeah. And not really, mm-hmm. uh, not really there. I'm, I'm checked out. And, yeah. And the variation makes me. Uh, stay on my toes at some level to pay attention and, and, and be present right. for the practice. And I think that there are different styles of class have different, um, there's different benefits of it. And so having a really strict style, like a, a, a hot 26, I like to say it instead of saying yep, his yep, name these seems days. To be the things. Um, or even the Baptiste style, those are kind of like, um, like Groundhog Day. You know, the movie where yeah, you're like, really. And what's great about that is the um, identification of patterns. Like at this part of the practice, I do this. Yeah. At this part of the practice, I get some water. Yeah. At this part of the practice, these tapes start to play in my head. Yeah. And then we've got other, you know, you can step into a class at a different studio that maybe says power vinyasa. I don't know what class I took recently. And we started on our backs in Shavasana. And I actually was, it was a, a, important day in my life and it was an emotional day in my life um and I, I just I knew I needed to move my body in a way in a, in a space that I felt a little bit anonymous and and we're on our backs and and it's the beginning of class and I'm crying mm-hmm. and it's and I yeah I needed some sort of change up I needed my body to go in a different pattern to release some energy yeah. that I was holding on to yeah. there that I probably, I might not have released yeah. when I know what to expect. I'm like, I can almost guard myself. Okay. Here's, here's this part of the yeah. practice. Like I'm going to hold on a little bit here. And so there's, you know, that's what I love about this region is that we have a, a we diversity of, of styles and some really powerful teachers, yeah. um, and it's just, it's interesting and it's, yep, it's it good. Yeah. It's yeah, good. It's really a fantastic area. As I sit here and look at that, the same thing could be said for like recovery here. We have a fantastic recovery community here that has a huge variation mm-hmm. and, you know, the same thing with yoga and, you know, yeah. when people come to me, you know, uh, this, they hear about, you know, I just share my experience and people see what it's doing for me and, and, you know, I like, you know, 
This is a great place for that because it's everywhere. And I cannot begin to tell you where all it is. Yeah. I can point you in some directions. Right. But uh, you go snooping around and ask that same question again there, mm-hmm. you'll get some more. Yeah. And uh, it really is. It, it, you know, it's kind of funny how you don't, things can be right under my nose and I don't know it, right? Mm-hmm. Until I start, you know, one of the other things like the ohm symbol, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh I see them everywhere now, you yeah. know, and, and I'm sure they were probably around then too, but I just didn't know what they were and I didn't pay any attention. It's kind of like that old joke about once you get a white car and all of a sudden you realize that yep. all the cars, you know, mm-hmm. how many white cars are on the road. Um, yeah, it's, I'm uh, finding that uh, one of the things, and you had said that, that my friends are coming to me and finding that they're tearing up in Savasana at the end of the uh, practice and they're where you know um oh man i like, no, that is a very typical mm-hmm. thing do not uh do not sweat that and i love that these dudes are because uh, you know we don't you know these males are don't want to let their feelings be seen and you know and, and be appear weak or mm-hmm. any of that kind of stuff and uh and these guys are just dropping all that you know and uh i just it just tickles me to death to watch these friends of mine finally engage in this and to watch what's happening in their in their being mm-hmm. as a result of beginning this practice you know and some of them are in what would you would consider you know and i know this gets into a little bit of that male goofiness too but uh you know i'm pretty good on this mat today i can do the deal and i've practiced for a few years now and and feel like i'm because i remember a time you know of not being able to make it through a 60 minute power vinyasa I right. could, I, I, I just couldn't, mm-hmm. and that's okay, right? You know, and that's what I can pass on to my friends today. Is go look, man. Matter of fact, do not try to keep up. Mm-hmm. Don't right. Take breaks. Take it easy. Nobody in here is thinking a thing about you. Right. You are allowed to come in here and do what you need to do, and you are supported in here doing that. I can mm-hmm. guarantee that that is the case in this room. Right. And you know, and 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 like my the teachers. Since I have relationships to some extent with most of the teachers at 502, mm-hmm. I can let them know that my friend here has never done this before. Right. And, uh, and, and they get taken care of while the rest of the class still gets a challenging and, right. uh, and, 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 and uh, get what they need out of right. the class. And, and, a, and a quick note on that. Like, even if you don't know the teachers, all of the teachers at 502, like, I'd like to kind of change this culture, and and I do it myself, where, like, maybe I've got an injury, and I'll go up to the teacher and be like, hey, I'm going to be modifying. Like, we have a space where it's okay to do what you need to do. Um, And so, you know, I'd love for the culture to continue and to evolve to the point where we don't need to, you know, yeah, if you're pregnant, that looks a little bit different in how you're assisting. If you've got an injury, you don't want anybody to touch your knee, whatever, that does look a little bit different. But for the most part, as an instructor, I step into class and somebody's taking a variation of the pose, perhaps that I didn't call. They are creating a culture creating the atmosphere in that space for everyone else to do the same. And it's not for me as teacher to label or uh, make it mean anything about my teaching, but for me to see what's happening in the class and to teach around that and create, create that space. Um, It's interesting to me now that I've been teaching for at a studio for six years in a classroom as you're teaching the students that have been practicing the longest are the ones that are 
doing the most modifications. They are customizing their practice in a way that best serves them. Right, yeah. And whether it's, you know, I don't, I don't like to label, uh, Anything in terms of like a more intense variation of a pose or an easier variation of a pose or a break. Yeah, I don't like they're, it they're just, they're, just, it's their practice. Just, yeah. And what we do, what we start to do as a teacher is we teach for the middle ground. Right. What would be kind of this middle ground here that, that most people could dabble in. And then the more you practice, the more you hear the teachers speak in a way in which there is a level of choice and freedom. Uh-huh. And then people are stepping in and they're staying within the intention of the sequence, which is important. We start with integration. We're all bringing ourselves, our minds, our body together for a common goal. Right. Um, awakening is about waking up the body. But they're choosing the different variations of the poses in a way that best serves them in that day. Yeah. And sometimes it is child's pose. Right. You know, sometimes it is a version of the pose that's not even that pose. Right. And that's actually oftentimes the harder choice to make. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just wanted to – to and, and even as I, – I would love for the whole yoga community to, to take this on that um, – that there is the space, all of these poses have so many different variations. Mm-hmm. And even just changing where you're looking in a pose can allow for a different experience. Right, yeah. And so as yoga teacher, if a teacher wants me to do, as a yoga student, sorry, as a yoga student, if a teacher wants me to do something in a specific way, I need to know why. I need to know what they want to create in my physical body that they are, they want to take my choice away to do it in a different way. Yeah, um, yeah, and that can that's fine, and that yeah. people can do that. I'm about to sneeze. Hope I don't. That's okay. <laughs> Bless you. Sorry, um, but that's something that I'm as we look uh, to continually make this practice as accessible as possible. Yeah, right. And I've always viewed this practice like church. So like church doesn't have, you don't walk in the door and you say, okay, how long have you been coming to church? Okay. You get to go down to that room. You're, yeah. you're, you're here for the first day. I you do g- the same thing with recovery. And yeah. Like we're, we're all there together. Like and if you want to have a chair right next to me and you're practicing with it in a chair, um, I, that is the community that I want to right. practice yeah. in. Yeah. And it's, um, and I understand the desire to have different levels and to create, you know, if all of a sudden we're doing crazy arm balances and somebody's choosing to do a chair, they could, but how can we create? And this is continually our work and it's my work and work that I'm really interested in being involved in, but how can we create these spaces that are for all? Right. Yeah. So that we can all come and move and be together in community and, and, and being really intentional about the communities that we're in. I desire diverse communities. And unfortunately, our yoga studios are not diverse communities. Yeah, you're right. And that is something that um that that we need to acknowledge and um and and figure out what 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 our work is there. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it's not, and I'm not even suggesting that that's the work of studio owners. Yeah. 
you know, their work, and especially if it's a business, the work of a studio owner is a business. And it is to create a healthy business, which means money's coming in the door and they are able to pay the people that work for them. You know, and I understand that is happening there. There's not a locked door. (laughs) Right. Um, As business owner, I I understand that separation um, and that, unfortunately, the bottom line rules rules the the day there. Um, And, you know, creating... What, what do we need to do to create other spaces um, or to create, um, you know, opportunities within those spaces? Yeah. And it's a conversation and there's no one answer. And um, that was a little bit of a tangent. So sorry if That's, I got Do off. not apologize. <laughs> I don't know where these things go. They just go and they go organically. And what is said is supposed to be said. Uh, you know, I find that, you know, this. My male friends are have a have a whole different view of what yoga is before they get there than when they actually get there and see what it is you know and, and, and there is a bit of a shift going on however slow it is when just uh, three years ago there was a lot less males in those studios mm-hmm. i would find myself in being the only one a lot of times and that is almost never the case today from the gender right. standpoint now i know there's a whole big broader Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, diversity balloon, right? Uh, a whole lot more than that. But I do like to at least look at the shifts that I witness that are moving in the direction uh, that 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 I, I feel like you that that you know inclusive, uh, mm-hmm. never exclusive. That's a that's actually a book. That's actually a term in NRA literature. Um, my friends see that they uh they see the uh you know the affirmation that it is okay to just be there you know Mm -hmm. and you can almost hear an audible exhale out of them Mm -hmm. when they realize that it's okay just to be there whatever they're having to be doing you know and that that it it is okay the other thing is is the you know you have a whole i I did it coming into aa i had a whole different idea about when i walked into a room of alcoholics anonymous what i was going to see there what i saw there was a completely different thing than the movie show that i had projected in the back of my head Mm -hmm. uh the same thing with yoga I had a completely different movie screen going on than what I what in what is reality about what's going on in in, in a yoga studio. Right. Uh, I feel like I'm almost running out of gas. I had a couple other thoughts. You deliver so much to me that I'm sometimes sometimes I have a guest that I wish I had a notepad. Uh, and maybe I should sometimes because you you cross some territory that that rings some bells, but I don't want to uh, I don't want to stop the momentum when yeah. you, when when you're when you're talking about it. Uh, so how'd the coffee shop thing come around and the paddleboard? Yeah, and that's all. That all that's all angle. very you know organic. Um, the paddleboarding started first. So after I had returned from Florida, um, I desired to continue my work as a guide which i actually think is probably the the label i most identify with Mm -hmm. is as a guide um and like to be with people and outdoor experiences and situations um and have a natural comfort on the water and all these skills of canoeing um when i looked at the city and and thought about getting a job 
in some sort of canoe guiding situation, there wasn't a lot of opportunities there. Mostly what you've got here is rentals. Mm -hmm. And so you're just behind a desk, you know, or shuttling people around. That's not the work that I, and that's great work. Right, right. It's not my work. Um, And and also noticed that there was not a paddleboard business here. Um, And paddleboarding had taken off down in Florida. Um, I remember some years ago at work, a guy had, you know, you come in, he's from Florida and a sales guy and he was talking, he was all amped up at him and his kids for Christmas. They got sand up paddleboards. Have you heard of them? And I'm going, nope. Yep. (laughs) And uh, then eventually I heard of them and yeah and what's what was convenient is that the skills of canoeing is easily applied to stand-up paddle boarding the the strokes are actually the same i found it a clean transition yeah and uh, another convenient thing that is is great is that it is more of a full body workout it is because you're standing up there's that balance you did it yeah there's um there has that level of mindfulness of that like if you're Mm -hmm. not concentrating on what you're doing you're going to be in the water which is great too so there's a, a level of fun in it as well there's adventure um and so it was it was very um easy at first we bought boards we got a uh a, free, a concession with the uh, state park to be able to do stuff on their property. Um, and I, people would sign up and I'd show up and I would do it. And it, it's a business that was the model was we go out, and we make money or we're not working. You know, it's a service-based business. So I wasn't putting in a lot of time on the back end. I was just able to, to respond to business, right? Yeah, um, which was really nice then. And it was just going to be a side hustle, very seasonal, May through September-ish. Um, and in, in some different ways, it started to take off. You know, people had come to their first lesson, knew how to paddle, wanted something more. More people wanted to get involved. A friend of mine started teaching fitness classes on the boards. I had always taught yoga on the boards because that was a natural um, – it it went together very naturally because a board is essentially a floating yoga mat. Um, I go back and forth on how much I like yoga on the boards. Yeah. Sometimes I love it. It like creates a level of novelty in your physical body where warrior one on a board and warrior one on land can feel like two completely oh, yeah. different poses. Um, and sometimes it just feels like a novelty and um, not something that I want to spend a whole lot of time on. So I, I go back and I forth. There are those seasons. I have another yoga, sup yoga instructor that leads a lot of our classes now. Um, and... Uh, so anyways, we brought somebody on to do some fitness classes, an old friend of mine. We were sitting in some hammocks talking about opening up a retail store because usually people paddle. Their next question is, I'd like to buy a board. Where do I buy a board? Yeah. Um, and we started to look at, at spaces for a retail space. And it was, you know, initially my husband was like, absolutely not. We're not doing this. And so we just kind of, it was just very much on the side. We found a spot on the river. Um, met with the landlords. They their vision of it was a coffee shop, um, and we could sell retail out of there as well. Um, the idea evolved because of our conversations with them. It's location. It's in the bottom floor of an apartment complex. It's about four hundred people that live above us. Mm. Um, so you know, as I said earlier, the it is a business. It was going to be a business. It would need to make money. And so to figure out how to uh, create a healthy, sustainable business um, made sense for us to move in the direction of coffee 
smoothies, tea, snacks. I have a little bit of a background in coffee. I worked at a bakery in Chicago. I knew how to make coffee drinks. Um, I've been involved in restaurants my whole – like, I I love the service industry. It's um, – it makes sense, you know, provide good service. Yeah. The customer is always right. Like, there's a level of, um, for me, enjoyment in fulfilling on that mission. Right. Uh, what also, so we opened the shop a year ago, March 15th, I believe. Um, and what has happened in that year is that the market for paddle boards, um, has been flooded with very inexpensive online companies that through our, uh, wholesale deals, we can't compete with. Most people buy their boards there. Every once in a while, somebody will talk to us about a board. Um, and so thank goodness we did not open up in a retail yeah, space um, and have all of this like, re- yeah, that would have been, that would have been a disaster. Um, and so now we're, we're in a, a different sort of business. Um, our summers are super busy. We don't travel in the summers because we're, we've got the shop plus we've got paddle boarding and it's fun and I love it. And we work with a lot of tourists. Um, and I love showing off my city. And so I, it's fun. And there's this like adrenaline as we, we go through the season. And then we've got our off season where we've just got the shop, which allows us some context to continue to do this work in a different way. So we can still talk about the river. We've got these, um, discussions that happen at the shop once a month. We're all like our conversation is always about outdoor adventure the river like just enjoying life is kind of the the like overall tagline the the name of the business is endless summer summer evokes you know this like never ending space to explore and get dirty and have fun and engage in challenge and meet new people and so we try and create that culture the year around um i think that in it's probably the Bible, I believe is said like wherever two or more are gathered, I am there. There's also a principle in the course that talks about like any place can be uh, a place of worship or, or, or church or transformation can happen. Right, yep. And so that's that's also what I feel like I do. Like yep. I I'm yeah, I'm behind a counter and I serve people coffee drinks and I'm I'm also in service to them. Right. I'm holding space for them. Yeah. I listen. You would be – I mean, I'm amazed at how quickly people open up to, you know, people that, that they see on a regular yeah. basis. Yeah, I'm amazed at how people open up to the handyman. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so that's – and then, you know, for me, I – and that's also like getting away from that, like, title, that role. Like, I will never be – um, I'll never be a therapist. I will never be a traditional teacher. Yeah. I will n- there are these things that I will not label myself as. Um, and me being who I am in that moment with another human being and that interaction and being authentic um, can create the space for me to do the work that I'm here to do, which yeah. I don't always know what that looks like. Yeah. Um, I can and relate s- with that yeah, so and s- well. And, and so it's, you know, I'm... In a, a larger sense, I'm a person that probably doesn't work well under a boss. I'm a person that doesn't work well under, like, a set schedule. I'm a person that um, 
is very independent and that's a little bit unruly and I, I like to hustle. I like to learn how to new, do new things. I like to, okay, we're doing a newsletter today. How I, you know, marketing's definitely not my background. Yeah, let's, me neither. let's look up some things. Let's figure out how to do this. Like I love this space of discovery. Um, and so I will need to do similar work. And, you know, back to the conversation of forever, our lease isn't forever. Um, the paddleboard business doesn't need to be around for forever. Uh, Kentucky Yoga Initiative doesn't need to be around for forever. It's serving a need. I would yeah. love for Kentucky Yoga Initiative to work itself out of an organization. It probably won't, and it's nice to have that community, but it would be great to have a time in which yoga was just accessible, and it's in all these diverse places yeah, and spaces. Is. Yeah, Um and so I always have opened the possibility of what a way that I can serve in, in, a, in a way that uh, better serves me or better serves the world, yeah. whatever that looks like. Yep. Um, but for right now, I, got, I guess there's some things I need to learn here because I'm still here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing. Uh, I guess I've always been in this, you know, again, it's been in my nature and I've watched my dad help people. You know, he was always one of the first guys that if somebody needed a hand, you know, uh, he's there to help them. Uh, I got drug along doing some of that as a, as a child, you know, it's, uh, you know, my buddy Jim needs to come on. We're going to put a new motor in his washing machine, you know, mm-hmm. as much. And I remember, you know, and, and I, and I, I, you know, I don't, I don't trust my thoughts and my memory a lot. Mm-hmm. And there is also this whole drug alcohol phase that ended up and there's like this veil of someplace that is tough to see through even today. But and I asked dad about it at times, too, to get his take on it. You know, and I never did have a I never had like a uh, I never was in opposition to him when he wanted me to come help him. Now, of course, sometimes when the boys were going to go play ball, wiffle ball today mm-hmm. and I kind of got distracted there was obviously there was times when I didn't you know I won't say I was some perfect child but I was open to it for some reason that I don't understand mm-hmm. uh today that has played into this thing where now I am doing the same kind of thing you know where these people need help with mm-hmm. their things you know they have these lists these punch lists these honeydew lists or whatever of things that need to be fixed mm-hmm. and you know and the part you know our little book says our problems pile up on us uh and it seems uh, impossible to solve them all mm-hmm. uh and i see people are in that situation they have allowed this that's broke this is not working right i am tired of my bathroom and the lights not coming on when i flip the switch you know and i get to come into these people's homes and uh and repair these things and it's a lot and i didn't really when I first started doing this, the way it happened, the way it began, first was a realtor that I knew needed a door put in because they were trying to sell this house and a dog had scratched, got mm-hmm. locked in the bathroom and had scratched through the bathroom door, mm-hmm. the holocore door, yeah. and they needed a new one. Mm-hmm. And she just contacted me. As a matter of fact, she lived right up the street here growing up, mm-hmm. uh, just four doors up the house, up the street. And she said, hey, can I'm in a real pinch. Can you do this for me? And I thought about it for, you know, for a half a second. And I was like, yeah. And she said, well, how much would you charge? You know, and I wasn't even thinking that. I was like, oh, wow. Oh, uh, 
and we put something together and I went and did it yeah. and then another one and another one and another one and the next thing you know I'm looking at apps and I am good at this stuff and I just didn't really even notice it and I've been I've been following my dad around fixing things there's never been a handyman in my mm-hmm. house uh, we fixed the stuff mm-hmm. and uh, so that whole service thing is what's come out of it that I really didn't intellectualize for a while mm-hmm. of this thing of where it was a job and but it's now something where I actually get to help people solve their problems yeah. and get them get their items and their things working correctly and walk off with a little money in my pocket so right. that I can, because we all have to have that yep. for whatever reason, the mm-hmm. electric company will not barter with me. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, unlike Kat, she right. will barter with me. Right. We can trade work with her. But, uh, that whole service aspect of it has come around, you know, and I've just found myself in this position to where, and I, and I, that, that I do that so that I can do all the rest of this stuff that ends up being where I can be of service to others. Yeah. That I can be of service to, uh, you know, and, and the way we say it, you know, the way it's written in, uh, in, in our AA big book is to be of service to God and, and my fellows. Mm-hmm. And so, so I can be of service to the universe and and to my fellows and and do that and when that rolls up into the bigger picture of that i am as certain as i am sitting here that i was made my job today i don't know if it will be forever Mm -hmm. but my job in the last few years and my job today is to help these other men recover from alcohol and drug addiction Mm -hmm. and uh and and there is nothing in my life that brings me more joy than to do that, to take somebody who is like, uh, you know, has no idea what to do. All they know is what they're doing today is not working. And their problems have piled up so big that there's, they cannot even begin to see through them. And you get to circle back into that mentor role kind of thing that you were talking about with, uh, with the kids at the, Mm -hmm. in the Everglades, uh, of being able to be play a role and i know it's not you know i don't take personal credit for it i consider myself a, a, a an instrument right in the universe mm-hmm. to allow to that 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 some gifts have been handed to me that now my responsibility is to give them away mm-hmm. uh, there's a love yeah. there's an awesome line in the big book that says uh that that i have uh i, I unknowingly have uh struck my pick has struck gold and that it will be, uh, I, I will have it. I, it is a limitless load. The only requirement being that I, uh, I access it. I, I, I mine it for the rest of my life and give the entire product away. Yeah. And uh, that's, I found this piece of satisfaction in my life of doing mm-hmm. that, you know. And I go out and fix somebody's faucet. Yeah. So that I can sit here and do this. Yeah. And so that I can... Uh, head out and meet some guy for coffee in the middle of the day and read from that big, big, big blue book yeah. and walk through that stuff and watch a man mm-hmm. completely transform their being. And that's what their entire being, they look different from, I'm going to start like doing before and after pictures. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I do yeah. a particular thing where I have this opportunity, you know, we built that cabin down in Orange County 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, and 
you know, it dawned on me in the last few months, actually, I've held in May, we, I will have, I'll be doing my seventh men's retreat down there. Uh, just celebrated five years of sobriety to be doing like a hosting a retreat is not something that I, you know, had no idea. And it dawned on me the other day like this. Oh, so now I see why the universe built that cabin mm-hmm. 20 years ago. Yeah. Had no idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do what's called a fifth step where it's best thing to say it's kind of like a confessional, but I admit I sit down and you get to unload all the stuff you were going to take to the grave. Right. Because this stuff just makes you sick sitting in the bottom of your belly and mm-hmm. you got to unload it someplace safe. And it's something that is a very sacred event to me. My lips are sealed. It's an ironclad guarantee that what you tell me that day, that night will not go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I go take a person down and we cook supper down to the cabin mm-hmm. while it warms up or cools down or whatever the weather calls for at the mm-hmm. moment. And we do a fifth, sixth, and seventh step. We do a fifth step, and I go to sleep and give them instructions to do six and seven. And uh, I just go ahead and hit the sack. And when I wake up in the morning, I wake up with somebody that looks like they've lost weight. You mm-hmm. know, and it's a it's a spiritual weight. It's a they yeah. drop something, and they are a different person the next day. Mm-hmm. And to be able to play a role doing that today, uh, you couldn't you couldn't take it away from me. Right. Uh, there is nothing more satisfying to me than to be to, mm-hmm. to, to be able to have this be in this position where I get to help people. Mm-hmm. And I've also seen this other little thing that's happened is that I've got a few guys who have uh, followed me into this yoga thing mm-hmm. early in their recovery. Yeah. And when they incorporate that along with normally I would tell a person just put a tourniquet on everything you're doing in your life. Don't no over don't be volunteering for overtime this week right. don't be you know don't enter into a new relationship mm-hmm. don't you know let's just focus because i think the universe pays you back for that they the it's an honoring of a process and when you honor your process whether if it's work mm-hmm. and however that means you know if i honor this work out here by setting aside time and saying okay dan this is my time i'm gonna honor my craft here right. and do it the same thing happens in yoga when mm-hmm. I take the time and I honor myself by being present on my mat and showing up and doing that. Mm-hmm. And when I honor myself in this 12-step work, you get the same kind of thing. So we honor that process. And uh, and the only exception I have made to that honoring the 12-step process mm-hmm. is to try and get people to start doing yoga. Yeah. Because I've watched some people's recovery when they started taking care of that spiritual or that uh, that that physical side mm-hmm. that also has the spiritual the 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 tri the sacred triad to me the the body mind spirit thing mm-hmm. wrapped up in it also right and you combine this twelve step stuff with this practice of yoga mm-hmm. I watch people get fat get well fast right and get really healthy I mean and and change quickly and i just love that combination i think like i've like i've uh i've i've you know a golden key fell in my lap Mm -hmm. Uh, and a few people i've been able to watch you do that it's amazing yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, i actually told charlie not to do yoga teacher training last year oh yeah when he was when we first started off on this Mm -hmm. i didn't tell him i do not i do not tell my people what to do right i suggest and i share my experience that if you will honor this work you will mm-hmm. get more out of it by honoring it than, than to do it. You know, because anything else I'm doing half measures is not going to, if I do something half measures, I'm lucky to get half result. Right. Uh, 
And so now he's, and I'm just tickled to death that he's doing, you know, because yeah. we get to chat about that too. Good. And, uh, and, 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 and our friendship is, uh, this, these friendships that's bloomed out of that 12 step work have been, mm-hmm. uh, I've, I just hold them at the highest value. And I never thought that, uh, just never considered all this collateral benefit mm-hmm. that I was going to get yeah. when, these this 12-step thing and this way of life because uh, it's not it's the, we, the drinking and the doping is a symptom mm-hmm. of a deeper malady mm-hmm. uh, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's something else it looks like that right and we definitely i had to get that out of the way mm-hmm. before i could <laughs> right. do anything else i had to unload that backpack mm-hmm. before i could do anything else uh and i think that that's um you know in in my experience working in through these yoga teacher trainings um and i can't speak on the experience of addiction but what i do see is that we've all got something and we're all covering it up with something yeah and whether that's addiction or work work you know getting so wrapped up in in our work to cover up some sort of lacking we feel as though we have mm-hmm. or whether it's a relationship or whatever that and i don't know why this is fundamental to our experience of humans i think it goes back in evolution somewhere this idea of like tribalism and this fear that we're not going to be in the tribe and thus we're not going to be safe and we're not going to be loved but we have some sort of core belief that something's wrong whatever the reasons are and that makes us not enough to be to be in the group right and to deal with it damaged goods yeah we do a lot of interesting things to deal with it yeah yeah (laughs) um and so you know that's kind of the and a lot of this work's done in a lot of different areas it's really interesting i love i love all of the commonalities in the work you know people that are doing other programs or reading other books or, or sometimes life takes you on a uh, a, a journey of improvement that you didn't necessarily sign up for. Yeah. Um, and uh, But the work seems to be very similar of the unpacking and the letting go mm-hmm. and then the, the affirming your worth in this world, yeah. whatever that is, whatever that looks like. Yeah. I forget what's the, the, my favorite thing about reading the course is the language it's in. And as a English major, I really enjoy language, but one of the first um, parts of a course um, mentions that it's required material. Uh, but the, the time we choose to, to, interact with the material is kind of up to us yeah that this this work is required it's going to happen in our lives which i i like that idea and and it it just it looks different for everybody and and when we're gonna experience it and 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 even you know like the idea that the work is ever done i feel as though i'm interacting with that idea in a different way now that i am making some changes and i'm um really shedding some identity and trying to discover who I am now. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, I've got, I've got some work to do here. And it's, um, it's I actually take a- some joy in having the work to do when yeah. I develop, when I, you know, those, those things are, I love, there's no finish line. Yeah. And uh, it's, and I'm going to get uncomfortable Yep. and I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Yep. And, uh, it might get a little bit messy, 
but yeah, um, I think that there is some excitement in that and that we continue to grow and develop as human beings yeah. until we don't. That is, which uh, will come for all of more, us. More, more to the twelve-step language from my, you know, standpoint. That continue, continue, continue to improve our conscious contact. Mm-hmm. And I stop there. It says of God of, of uh, God of your understanding, but I like just to stop it to continue to improve my conscious contact. Mm-hmm. That's sometimes with you. That's sometimes with me. That's sometimes with the squirrel in the yard. That's right. <laughs> my children. Yeah. Uh, continue to uh, improve my the conscious contact. Mm-hmm. And there are. It's just so parallel. And every time I get a growth opportunity or some 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 course presents mm-hmm. itself, yeah, I see the 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 parallels, and uh, I think it's really, you know, uh, uh, some. Some variations of these ancient teachings that are that have been around probably longer than we've been have had the ability to actually document them. Right. Uh, there went that big hawk. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw it <laughs> kick across here, and I saw it kick across there. And they're uh, they they are so parallel, and they all have, but they have other nuances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That are separate. And, uh, and, and I liken this other thing on the spiritual journey thing that like, it seems to be sort of that, you know, I need my package tied with the blue ribbon Mm -hmm. and -and so-and-so needs their package tied with the green ribbon and the package is pretty much the same thing, but we need our, we, whatever lands for you may not land for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, the whole, uh, I draw from a lot of, you know, I mean, I was brought around here. You have to be brought, I mean, if you're brought up in any kind of religion, it's going to be something in the realm of Catholicism, Christianity for the most part. Uh-huh. You know, uh, there are some variations of that, but that's pretty much what you're going to get. That's mm-hmm. what, that's where McDonald's serves around here. Right. And, uh, and, and there's great stuff in there, but you know, I found myself at some levels wanting to reject certain things. And mm-hmm. today I can be open to the old things that I used to reject, you know, yeah. and I can draw from this and I can draw from that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and pull in and, and do some of that, uh, critical, uh, take what I, I have to be careful with this one, but, uh, take what I like, right. take what I want, leave the rest. Yeah. I do have to be, I have to tread on that one real, mm-hmm. uh, a bit cautiously because right. just because I don't like it, that could mean that I need it. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, to, you know, kind of to bring this back to yoga and Baptiste yoga, um, my, one of my favorite things um, is in the 40 Days program, 40 Days to a Personal mm-hmm. Revolution that was written by Baron Baptiste. Takes you through a 40-day program of journaling, meditation, uh, yoga, and some inquiry work around what you're eating, the food that you're mm-hmm. putting in your body. Yeah. And so each week there's uh, some questions. And the first week, the first question is – how much responsibility do you take to learn and grow from the experiences in your life? And for me, that's all. That's all this is. This, this, that's everything. I don't need to – once I get to that question, I'm like, well, the program can be done now. Because I have – you know, it's so easy in life to have all these things happen and it's all happening to you. And, and what I feel like this work is and what it is for me is to have experiences in life, some that we have control over, some that we don't have control over, and using it as, exper- as opportunities to learn and grow yeah. continually. Yeah. This happened. Learn and grow. This happened. Learn and grow. Two – you know, prepare us for 
whatever it is we're being prepared for, we can't know. We don't want to know. That'd be kind of boring. Yeah. Yeah. If I saw the end of the movie, I'd yeah. stop now. Right. Yeah. yeah. But it's, um, but yeah, I love, and even in whatever source material, I love, I love when um, scholars of religious texts can talk about, I love the way that they communicate with one another, whether it's the Bible or the Torah um, or A Course in Miracles or the big book. When we can look and, and say, this is how it's said here. This is how it's said here. This, it's, all, it's all the same idea. Yeah. In my experience, it yeah. is. Yeah. And that's what I'm more interested in seeing. Yeah. Um, and and it's affirming, too, you know, uh, that uh, like the synchronicity kind of concept. You know, when I when I see it here, I see it here, I see it here, I see it here, you know, it allows me to accept it as some truth. Yeah. It's like advertising. Yeah. I mean, that's why they want you to see that logo here, 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 and here, and here. All of a sudden, it's like, I need french fries where am i gonna go mcdonald's but yeah it's all of these different ideas presented in different ways and then you start to experience you notice when they happen in your life yeah like oh there's there's these currents of truth that are um that connect and connect all these ideas and spiritual thinkers and um it's a it's a cool time to be alive in that I feel like the connections are really – there's a lot of people doing a lot of good work through podcasts. I love podcasts of just having conversations. Um, and, uh, you know, these discussions make it more easy – make it easier for us to have these discussions in our lives, but just to hear unique thoughts and, and the, the intersections of these ideas. Yeah. It's making the world, in a good way, feel a little bit more accessible and a little bit smaller and more connected. Yeah. Which yep. I think is really I agree. Cool. Yeah, you know, there's a little flip side of that, but the thought of some disconnectedness because of it. But you know, it's all a matter of how you use it. You know? It's it's a tool, uh, as any tool. It can I, be used. I, I, I probably am guilty of having my phone around with me more so than yeah. maybe I should. But ninety percent of that is staying connected with my friends and in, in my in recovery in my you know. So yeah. it's uh, just as our relationships with people. Like we get to set those terms. Yeah. We get to set our relationships with this, with these tools, with these devices. Yeah, and so, yeah. Um, and there's a lot of people doing a lot of really good work to help us define those relationships, which I think is really interesting. Some like digital detoxes, in the same way that you know people do Whole Thirty yeah. and they get right. rid of all yep. of these stuff, and then they start to add stuff back on. But it's, I mean, it comes back to yoga, the intentional intentionality yeah. of like. Doing these poses, understanding their impact on my body, choosing which poses work for me, choosing how I do this practice, having all of these tools. You don't use them all at the same time. That can be uh, yeah, right. crazy making. Yeah, yeah. And you, you can choose, turn on all this stuff. Right. You choose the, those relationships. And I um, love businesses. I love hearing about businesses that even assist employee, employees with creating some of these boundaries, which goes back into our like sustainability in this work and even in this life, like to create, create a life that, um, that has, that's, that we want to live, that we don't need to escape from. Yeah. That has those clear boundaries. Um, so we're not always playing catch up that just the way that I conduct my life is a way that is sustainable. Yeah. And I don't need to. You're like, oh, it's such a hard week. I need, I need a massage. I need a day off. I need to do this, 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 and this to recover. Like, no, I'm just living in a way that reflects my truth and how, um, 
how I, I know is, is going to serve me. And I'm, and I'm happy I'm saying this right now because this is not a strength of mine. And I am, um, but I, the first part is acknowledging that and then starting to put in these, uh, bumpers, right. if you, if you yeah. will, yeah. uh, guardrails, what you're talking about with, yep. with, your with kids. the kids. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is I, I saw a little it. I past. was getting ready to say, uh, <laughs> I see the clock ticking and yeah. it has been a joy talking to you. Uh, I just love, I love what I get to do here with this. Yeah. I just love it. I love the dialogue that occurs and, uh, mm-hmm. and it helps me grow and it constantly, it's, it's churns this wheel up here that wants to be fed with information that helps, uh, me help others essentially mm-hmm. is what. Uh, to do that so i know that you are uh hit the wall on the time limit today uh, i really do appreciate you coming in and talking and, sure. and sharing uh, your experience yeah. and your hope and strength and the things that's going on with you throw the coffee shop out real quick before we close it's endless summer paddle and coffee company and if you don't mind me saying something else really quickly can i jump in here? i have all the time <laughs> in the world. <laughs> well i just want to thank you for the opportunity and um something that maybe you realize is happening or you don't realize is happening, being able to engage um, in these conversations helps me understand them in a different way. So there's like now for me, there's some new openings and new discoverings just because of the way you interacted with my message and my story and the ability to vocalize it. It becomes real in a different way. So not only is this, you're talking about your learnings. I hope that there's listeners that are having learnings and discoveries and being impacted but from a guest perspective there's a a benefit as well and an impact on me um as i as i engage with this content and you and your story and and start to understand some of the commonalities there as well so thank you for this opportunity well you're very welcome i uh you mean a ton to me and i mean that from the bottom of my heart it's uh i love it when you know that we get to have impact on one another and you have had an impact on me and who i am today Great. Thank you. All right. Well, we will sign off with the same way that I always sign off. I have to say, uh, well, and everything I do, I take from somebody else. Uh, in this broad term of recovery of finding yourself to reclaim that which was lost or stolen and or stolen could be some of both. If you're not having a blast in your recovery, it's your own damn fault. And thank you all for allowing me to participate in my recovery in this manner today. Peace out.
I never failed to point out when you were bad.